millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. 
But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare Flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. NobleGoldInvestments.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be construed as medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. And, of course, welcome back to another episode of Red Pill News Live. Hope you guys are having a lovely day. Hope you are bravely escaping the financial crisis currently breaking out across the globe. Do me a favor, don't forget to like and share the broadcast. Help me by getting it out there on your favorite social media platform. Vector, sorry I couldn't start early today. I tend to time things so that I'm ready at the actually scheduled time. Oh, you've been up since 3 a.m. Sorry to hear that, bro, but thank you for being here. Again, please hit that like button. We've got a lot to discuss today and the collapse of SVB and a number of other financial institutions are top of that list. But, of course, I have a whole host of other interesting stories I'm prepared to bring you. Brian, I'll, I'll never know why you come here. <laughs> oh. Anyways, Brian, it's still a vote, still a view. Sit back, relax, grab your popcorn. We'll be right back after this. Wow, something really crazy is going on with the sound. That is not normal. It doesn't usually do that. 
I am getting desktop audio coming through. Where the heck is this desktop audio coming through from? Hold on, guys. I need to, I need to figure this out. Am I? Okay, so that's a different stream. This is a different stream. Where is this audio stream coming from? No place else has audio that should be coming through. What in the heck? There is no other audio stream. Oh, my gosh. It's freaking Twitter. God. Why? 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 <laughs> I don't understand it. FBI is messing with me. All right, guys. Anyways, thank you very much for being here. Glad I got that sorted out. That was not normal. That never happens. I don't know why suddenly Twitter would have unmuted itself. But either way, <laughs> we're glad you're here. We have a lot to discuss. And uh, I'm trying to filter my gold pills over here on the foxhole, but I'm unable to do that as well. Maybe it's because I need to update my browser. Let me just let me just try that real quick, and we'll see if uh, ooh yeah the chats there we go the chats are back back okay let's take a look and make sure everything looks correct it does, and I still can't filter the chats well that's very strange okay oh there we go. John Joe says, Zach Attack, thank you very much. Appreciate that, buddy. Okay, so what's up, everybody? Thank you very much for being here. Uh, President Trump is speaking later on tonight, and I'm not exactly certain about the time. Uh, I saw somebody say that it was at 7 p.m., but then I think that he's actually in central time at the moment, so that would probably be 8 p.m. Eastern. If President Trump goes live while I'm still live, then I'll go ahead and swap over to that so we don't have to miss it. But yeah, I'd say the big news right now is the collapse of the financial industry that's happening right before our eyes. Last week, we briefly spoke about the collapse of SVB, which is, of course, Silicon Valley Bank. Silicon Valley Bank is a uh, it's an elitist bank. It only caters to the very wealthiest of Americans and, of course, to the venture capital firms of Silicon Valley. So. They went belly up last week after their CEO had uh, attempted to sell off a ton of stock. It looks like he lost a bunch of money. But this is probably also directly connected to the crypto crashes. And uh, I'm actually surprised that we haven't seen more of this until right now. Silicon Valley Bank is just the beginning. I mentioned that last week. I said that this was going to be a, a snowball rolling down the hill, if you will. Uh, this is just the canary in the coal mine uh, about to kick off the Financial crisis 2.0, if you will, from the 2008-2009 season. Uh, if you guys were alive back then, and I'm sure that all of you were, uh, then you remember how crazy the economy was at that point. Well, they have sworn to us that they're not going to start bailing out banks again as they have in the past. Isn't it crazy how every time one of these large corporations or one of these very wealthy one of these very wealthy organizations ends up needing help from the federal government, they get it. It's not going to be a typical bailout from the federal government. But make no mistake, there is going to be 
a bailout because the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation has announced that they're going to be making good on all Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank deposits. Haven't even told you about Signature Bank yet. Signature Bank was another kind of elitist bank that Barney Frank actually sat on the board for. Barney Frank, of course, a former Democrat congressman. He still is a Democrat, but he's just no longer in elected government. Uh, Barney Frank also had some claims against him by young men working in his office. But that's neither here nor there. Because late last night, excuse me, on, yeah, yesterday, Sunday, late last night, uh, the FDIC and the Federal Reserve announced that every single deposit that was held at Silicon Valley Bank would be made available. Now, this is notable because the FDIC is only... They are limited at $250,000 deposits. So if you're a normal person and you have more than $250,000 in the bank and that bank goes belly up, then you are screwed on the remainder of that money. Now, nine times out of ten at Silicon Valley Bank, the depositors had way more than $250,000. We're talking about millions of dollars. And we're talking about uh, over a trillion. No, excuse me. I, I don't remember exactly. I, for some reason, I want to say $1.7 that they had here in this deposit. But that doesn't make any sense. It's got to be $1.7 I'm just remembering it incorrectly. But that's a lot of freaking money. All right? And it's not just American. American money. We're talking about uh, other nations like China. We're talking about Sweden. I'm certain there are probably a whole bunch more that are on that list. But by insuring more than the $250,000 that they would give any other normal person, that is going to eat up all of that money that's in that FDIC fund, which is meant to save people like us. I don't know how much exactly is in it, and I don't know that they've announced how much is in it. Um, but this has been something that has been going on for years. You know, the banks pay fees, that money goes into the FDIC insurance fund, and it's meant to save people like us. Because if anybody needs a bailout, it's the American people. Uh, but, of course, they never do that. So this move is going to basically secure the future of all of these venture capital firms and all of these very wealthy people that had their money there at SVB. Uh, so this statement was made by Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and Jerome H. Powell, the chairman of the Fed, uh, as well as the FDIC chairman, Martin Grunberg. They said, today we are taking decisive actions to protect the U.S. economy by strengthening public confidence in our banking system. I would say that despite this announcement, that public confidence has not carried on in the way that they were hoping because a whole bunch of bad things happened at banks after this. Now, you're, you might actually be uh, a, a member of Wells Fargo. After the announcement that the uh, Silicon Valley Bank was closing, uh, people at Wells Fargo were unable to access their own deposits. Uh, they were getting negative balances when they looked at how much money was supposed to be in there. And many people were supposed to have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, and uh, people were unable to get checks cashed. So it's clear that as soon as SVB announced their closure and their insolvency, it just reverberated throughout the entirety of the economy. And this is why they feel they have to do something. Uh, now, they could just allow all of these companies and all of these uh, various nations to fall into debt uh, and to just be screwed as a result of it. But, of course, you know, it, it, this is uh, this is a global issue at this point. So they're not going to do it. Personally, I say let it die. 
Uh, I say our international monetary system that we have currently is not helping anyone but the elites. It certainly doesn't help the plebs, us. Uh, and uh, when we have a situation like Signature Bank or uh, Silicon Valley Bank mismanaging their own money, investing too much in unsecured funds like cryptocurrency, you know, that's the name of the game. Uh, I lost all of my cryptocurrency, and I'm not going to buy any more cryptocurrency ever again. I'm still salty about it, and uh, I'm hoping that at some point that's going to be resolved. But it, I have no faith in cryptocurrency at this point. Um, I realize people could have uh, kept their crypto in uh, in, a, in a, a cold storage wallet that you physically possess, but you know most people don't have that, so most people get screwed. Uh, I'm just, what happened to all the normal people who lost all of their savings as a result of investing in cryptos? You know, they're not going to bail those people out. So why should we be bailing out Silicon Valley? You know, all half of these companies, if you think about it, uh, have have deep rooted ties to China. Uh, they are globalist firms, and they're, they're just sucking up all of this money and paying it out to their executives. Now, Signature Bank, uh, which had uh, announced that they were going to be closing over the weekend, uh, are also going to have all of their depositors made whole. And uh, they say the resolution of Silicon Valley Bank, no losses are going to be borne to the taxpayer. <clears throat> now, just because this is not going to come directly from Congress and uh, from a provision in the United States budget doesn't mean the taxpayers aren't going to uh, be paying this because you're paying fees to the bank. The bank then pays fees to FDIC. That money, in a roundabout way, is coming from the United States taxpayer. Let's see. Freya and the Boys says, I have Wells Fargo. Did you notice any problems after SVB announced that they were going to be closing? Um, okay, so continuing on, this is not a bailout, they say. This is not a bailout. Many are saying no bailouts, and I agree. There should be no bailouts of these banks. Uh, but the FBI, FDIC was meant to bail you out, the average American taxpayer. In, in the wake of uh, the bank runs that happened uh, uh, after the Great Depression in, in the uh, in the 1920s and 30s, you know, it, it became necessary to ensure that people could safely know that their money was going to be protected. Otherwise, why in the hell would you give it to a bank? And I would say it's arguable now if your money is safe, because if the FDIC goes bankrupt, then there is nothing there to pay you back. And the United States government is not going to bail you out in the same way that they were going to bail out anybody else. So this is a 100 plus billion dollar fund that the FDIC has. Uh, and this is paid by the banks themselves. They can use this to stop the, the madness. No taxpayer dollars, says Joshua Steinman. Uh, but again, this is money that is coming from you to the banks and then being paid to the FDIC. <clears throat> so, uh, the, of course, the biggest fear was that today there would be a run on the banks because everybody would have no faith in the banking sector as a result of these, uh, the, these insolvencies and then, of course, the announcement of this bailout by the FDIC because what happens if they have to spend all of your money that's in the FDIC funds, then what's going to happen to your money? And remember, with fractional reserve lending, they don't have to have your deposits on hand. That's why if you have $100,000 in the bank and you go to the bank and you say, I want to withdraw all my money, uh, I want to put it into a safe deposit box, or I want to buy gold and then I want to put that into cold storage, 
they're going to make you wait. You know, it's going to be like days, might even be a week or more. And in today's climate, they might tell you that they don't know when they can get you that money. Now, Janet Yellen, after announcing that the FDIC was going to be the one bailing out the uh, uh, the various banks, Signature and SVB, she went on a, uh, a, a, a stomp around the mainstream media talking head shows to let everybody know that the economy's in good shape. We got nothing to worry about because the last thing she wanted this morning was a run on the banks. And so Janet Yellen, in typical fashion, is attempting to do a bit of damage control before people have the opportunity to get to the banks and pull all their money out. Now, I think anybody watching this uh, can feel reverberations of 2008 here. This is starting to feel very familiar. Uh, and I think that we're going to see a cascading effect of a variety of financial institutions all folding at the same time. Let's go ahead and see what Janet Yellen had to say about this situation. Because I think it's good to know. Her counterpart in the United Kingdom has said that the government there has ruled out a bailout of the UK arm of Silicon Valley Bank. Have you also ruled out that kind of government intervention? Well, let me be clear that um, during the financial crisis, um, there were um, investors um, and owners of systemic large banks that were bailed out and we're certainly not looking and uh, the reforms that have been put in place means that we're not going to do that again but we are concerned about depositors and are focused on uh, trying to meet their needs. Your counterpart in the... Okay, so she mentioned the British arm of SVB. I said this was a global crisis, uh, and it's not just banks. If you're familiar, there is a uh, a popular online selling forum called Etsy, uh, where you can sell things directly to consumers. Uh, maybe if you're like a crafty type person, or even if you sell used things or vintage items, collectibles, sometimes they'll go on there and look for collectible coins. But Etsy is telling their sellers that they may not be getting getting paid because of the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, and again, they were funding 44% of all venture-backed capital in the tech and healthcare sector, uh, publicly listed companies on the stock exchange. So that is a huge amount of risk that we're talking about. So you can kind of understand why the federal government felt that they needed to do something. Now, Etsy has 7.5 million sellers worldwide. It's a global marketplace, people in every nation all over the world. Are they going to get bailed out? No, I don't think so. How long is it going to be before they get the money for the goods and services they have already sent out to their customers? Uh, because Etsy is not going to hand that money over because they're unable to get it because of the collapse of SVB. We simply don't know. I'd like to hear from you if you're one of those people. Now, I mentioned Sweden. Swedish retirement pensions were held at SVB. They were the fourth largest shareholder with nearly $280 million in stock for SVB over the weekend. 50% of its investments were in Silicon Valley Bank. And that means that all of that money is now worthless. The pension fund for the country of Sweden is going to collapse unless they also are the recipient of some of this money from the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Federal meaning the federal government of the United States of America. Not the federal government of the country of Sweden, certainly not the federal government of the country of China or any of that. At least one firm 
related to Goldman Sachs and cryptocurrencies also is in trouble. This is a company known as Circle. They had over $3 billion in SVB, and they also had a stable coin, which was pegged to the U.S. dollar. Well, over the weekend, that went the way of the dodo. That is no longer pegged to the U.S. dollar, and they are no longer trading that coin. This is another huge cryptocurrency crash. Remember, FTX just happened not that long ago. Many of these financial corporations were over-leveraged holding crypto with FTX. The same reason that a lot of people were involved in FTX, because you got a return on your money, and it was better than the return you were getting from a bank. Many banks are giving 1%, maybe 2% on your savings. Savings accounts at FTX, at uh, Celsius, at Voyager, at, at, at all of these cryptocurrency trading companies that have now halted trading and completely liquidated their assets. And Celsius, they're in bankruptcy court. Uh, all of them were offering returns of like, you know, eight to 10%. Sometimes they were giving you 20% return on your money. So if you were able to get in and get out and get some of that cash, well, then you did really well. But if you were like many, Average American investors out there, you are s you are screwed. You're screwed, okay? Uh, and and I'm one of those people. So three point three billion dollar exposure for our friends here at uh, at Goldman Sachs. Uh, this is a a pretty big fallout that could potentially happen here. Um, so the one dollar pegging of Circle Coin is supposed to mean that. The one that one coin is worth one dollar and for every coin, there is a dollar equivalent in their holding. But as the value of that stock and their holdings dipped, well, then that means that the value of that coin dips and it's no longer pegged to that dollar. And you can't say that it's worth as much as it was. They had about 40 billion tokens circulating on Saturday morning, uh, a net $2 billion of USDC was re- was redeemed in the last 24 hours. That means people cashed out of their coins because they knew that this was not going to be something they wanted to stay in. And as everybody sells those coins, the value of them drop. There is no value if people don't want to hold those coins and you take your money out. So that's not good for Goldman Sachs and that's not good for CircleCoin. Now, RBC and PNC were in talks to purchase Silicon Valley Bank over the weekend. That would be the Royal Bank of Canada and PNC. They're an American bank, if I'm not mistaken. However, they pulled out. They decided that this was not going to be uh, something that they wanted to go ahead and get invested in. And so they left the talks. Now, the eventual purchase of certain aspects of SBC were made by HSBC in the UK. They paid just over $1 to purchase the assets of Silicon Valley Bank. Can you believe that? Just over $1. In American dollars, it's $1.21. That excludes all of the assets and liability that their parent company in the U.K. owned. Uh, this is essentially going to be, I guess, just their uh, their physical locations. And uh, I, I just, I don't know, I don't understand how they were able to uh, to purchase this for such a small amount of money. Obviously, if if the liabilities aren't there, then there is value in all of the, the holdings that SVB has. Uh, they say the acquisition strengthens our commercial banking franchise and enhances our ability to serve innovative and fast-growing firms, including in the technology and life sciences sector in the UK and internationally. SVB UK customers continue to bank as usual, safe in the knowledge that their deposits are backed by the strength, safety, and security of HSBC. So they're purchasing the bank, they're purchasing the accounts, 
and they uh, they they can guarantee that everybody who has an account, at least in the UK, is going to be covered. So in the UK, uh, they had loans of around five point five billion dollars. HSBC is now going to administer those deposits of around six point seven billion dollars and eighty eight million of full year profit before tax in twenty twenty two. And they expect that SVB UK's tangible equity is around one point four billion dollars. But they added that that might change once they start getting deeper into the books. So. They took on all of this stuff, and uh, it means that the people in the U.K. can go ahead and withdraw their money if they want to. Obviously, they don't want them to. So the U.S. arm of SVB had $17 billion in their wealth management unit, and that included a private equity firm that they had absorbed back in 2021 by Boston Private. Um, this is going to be sell- sold off separately from the other elements of SVB. Uh, and that $17 billion in wealth is obviously something that, uh, the, that, that I think some company is going to want. Uh, they're going to be adding that to the, to their portfolio. By absorbing that, then it kind of calms down the economy just a little bit more. Uh, now I would say that what we're seeing is a direct result of the shady business practices of uh, companies like Silicon Valley companies, uh, their investments in China, which, of course, uh, have not panned out long term. China is a paper tiger. Uh, it's essentially a whole bunch of shells stacked on top of one another with nothing inside. Uh, you've often heard about the ghost cities of China. People have investments in these apartment buildings that never get finished. Uh, the ones that do, oftentimes they're shoddily constructed. Uh, There are companies which are just basically shell companies designed to suck wealth out of the country. uh, And China and SVB were inextricably linked. Um, Joe Biden is claiming that President Trump is actually to blame for the failure at SVB, even though he hasn't been in office for several years. And as far as I know, there were no changes made under the Trump administration that would have signaled something like this would have taken place. And, you know, that's also not mentioning Signature Bank, who actually told President Trump they didn't want to do business with him. Barney Frank, a former U.S. congressman, sat on the board of Signature Bank and they still went under. Uh, I'd say it has a lot more to do with the leadership and the investments that were being made during those tenures uh, than anything President Trump did. So Joe Biden spoke to the American public this morning and he had some harsh words. He said Donald Trump is to blame for these recent bank failures and the broadening contagion. Uh, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank both collapsed. Sil- Silicon Valley Bank is the largest bank to fail since the 2008 financial crisis. I want to say it's the third largest bank failure in the history of this nation. He said In my administration, no one is above the law. What does that mean? Uh, Because as it appears to many people out here on the outside, the plebs, it seems like a lot of people are above the law, Joe, including you and your family. That may be changing. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. But. He says we must reduce the risk of this happening again. 
During the Obama-Biden administration, we placed tough requirements on banks to make sure the crisis we saw in 2008 wouldn't happen again. Unfortunately, my predecessor rolled some of those back. So what is that? You know, are you sure it doesn't have anything to do with the out-of-control spending in Washington, D.C., the over-reliance on the tech sector and the bleeding of the American public? You know, you take a look at the biggest Democrat-run hellholes here in America, something like California. Uh, They can't keep their budget balanced, and they're talking about giving billions of dollars in reparations to black Americans, even though California never had legal slavery on the books. Just doesn't make any sense. It seems like the Democrats are hell-bent on destroying America. And, you know, I've said this before, I I don't necessarily think that the destruction of our economic system is really that bad in the long run, because how else could we build up something new in its place? We just have to have people in place who can implement something like a precious metals-backed dollar, a gold or a silver, even a copper or a platinum. So let's take a look. Uh, Since Joe Biden took office, uh, we've hit historic highs of inflation. Here is where it was in 2020, in May of 2020. Uh, we had a little bit of spike near the end of the Trump administration, but of course they were handing out free money like lollipops at the doctor's office. And then of course Joe Biden comes into office and good God, look at that inflation rate just off the charts. Uh, we have an incredible amount of inflation right now, which is a devaluation of the U.S. dollar. And we have rising interest rates. We have lowering interest rates on savings accounts. Look at this. Silicon Valley Bank securities were yielding 1.56 to 1.66%. If you borrow money from the Fed, you're looking at a 4.57% interest rate. Uh, and, of course, they're not bringing in as much money as they're actually paying out, which caused a major problem. Uh, I want to go ahead and take a look at this uh, portion of Joe Biden's speech from this morning. Oh, wait, hold on. Biden speaks meaninglessly for two minutes on the bank collapse and then bolts without taking questions. OK, so this is not him speaking. This is him running away after he's done speaking. President, what do you know right now about why this happened? And can you assure Americans that there won't be a ripple effect? Do you expect other banks to fail? Mr. President, should all depositors be protected at all banks? All right, thank you, Mr. President. Yeah, so this is the question. Where does it end? At what point do they say we've bailed out enough people? Um, I mean, I'll tell you when. It's going to be when it affects the vast majority of American citizens. They're not going to bail us out. They will bail out their friends. They will bail out their donors. But when it comes to bailing out the working class of this nation, they won't do a damn thing. You guys, we got to take a break for the second half of the show. We're going to be right back on the other side. All right. So President Trump is scheduled to speak this evening. Uh, I have this pulled up in the background so that if he goes live while we're on the air, we can go ahead and bring him in. My mom keeps saying that Joe Biden only has half a brain. And the other day when I was on the air with, uh, quite frankly, and Adel on our program on 412 Productions of Badlands Media at 4 p.m. Thursdays called Taking It Back, in case you didn't know. Uh, Frank was supposed to tell a story that uh, a caller had told to him on his phone line when uh, when he was taking calls. <clears throat> Apparently, when Joe Biden had a brain aneurysm some odd years ago, back in the early 2000s, I think it was, he had a number of them. And he had to have brain surgery to remove a certain portion of his brain. It was a quarter of his brain 
at one time and then a quarter of his brain the next time. So quite literally, Joe Biden has half a brain in his skull. It's interesting because Joe Biden made a comment the other day about how they had to open his his head up to see if he even had a brain. And in a manner of speaking, he doesn't. He doesn't really have a brain. So uh, I would like to hear Frank tell that story directly. That was in the 1980s. Okay, good God. So he's been operating in Washington, D.C. for going on 40 years without half a brain. That is incredible. Okay, so continuing on. I mentioned China on a number of occasions uh, because Silicon Valley Bank was <clears throat> the largest provider of funding for Silicon for China's tech sector as well. <clears throat> so this bailout of Silicon Valley Bank with the FDIC funds is a backdoor bailout of the Chinese CCP tech sector as well. And of course, we know that Joe Biden is directly involved with the Chinese. In fact, I have quite an interesting story that I wanted to bring up in the context of this. James Comer, who is head of the Government Oversight Committee, mentioned yesterday on Maria Bartiromo, it's as bad as we thought, he says. We have in hand documents that show Biden family was getting money from the Chinese Communist Party. So is it all that shocking that Joe Biden and his regime would announce a bailout of the Chinese tech sector? Let's go ahead and take a listen. I believe there's going to be an annoying ad that we're not going to want to hear. And here we go. ...of the DOJ and the FBI, the National Archives revealing in a letter to Senators Grassley and Johnson on Tuesday that nine boxes of documents were taken from the office of President Biden's attorney, Patrick Moore, but they have yet to be reviewed, even though the archives have had possession of this material since November. The boxes were shipped from the Penn Biden Center in Washington to Moore's law firm in Boston. Next month, Biden's former executive assistant from his time as vice president, Kathy Chung, will testify before the House Oversight Committee on the president's handling of classified documents. Join me right now to look ahead as the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, Kentucky Republican Congressman James Comer. Mr. Chairman, thanks very much for being here this morning. Thank you for having me. First, I want to get your take on the news of the day, and that is the Silicon Valley bank uh, loss and this failure you were on a bank board. You're the chairman of the oversight committee. What should be done here? Well, look, this is something that I, I worry could be a trend. Usually when one bank goes down, more banks go down. And what we've seen early on from articles I've read in the Wall Street Journal and, and other financial publications is they invested a lot of cash, a lot of cash that I would assume they had from things like the PPP loan, government policy, and they invested it in bonds. And then because the Democrats spent too much money in all their stimulus, they they the bonds go down when interest rates go up. The Fed had to raise interest rates to combat the Democrat inflation, and then we see now coming out that uh, they were one of the most woke banks in uh, their inv- their quest for uh, the ESG type uh, type policy and investing. You know, this could be a trend, and there are right. consequences for bad Democrat policy. And I think we need to keep an eye on all the the banking sector right now. Well, we're waiting for a solution. We are expecting an announcement of an acquisition of the Silicon Valley Bank before the markets open tomorrow. We'll see. But let me move on to the work mm-hmm. that you've been doing it's been a couple of weeks since we've spoken and you've been digging in on the business of the biden family what have you learned 
Well, we've had a very good two weeks, Maria. We are finally having people cooperate with us. I think we all know the Biden administration stonewalling. Janet Yellen, Yellen is stonewalling, not turning over the, the bank violations. But fortunately, since we've last spoken, we actually have bank records in hand. We have individuals who are working with our committee. Uh, in the last two weeks, we've met with either these individuals personally or with their attorneys. Uh, and that, that would be four individuals who had uh, ties in with the Biden family on their various schemes around the world. So now we have in hand documents that show just exactly how the Biden family was getting money uh, from the Chinese Communist Party. And, and I will tell you, it's all right. I think that that gets the thought across fairly well. They have the documents, they have the evidence, and they have the power to do something about it. So let's see you guys do something about it, okay? I think that this is uh, an episode, uh, an information warfare tactic that could be used to successfully remove Joe Biden from office. And then let's talk about Kamala, because she shouldn't even be allowed to be in that office either. And certainly I don't want a President Kamala Harris. But this is something definitely to be keeping an eye on. I think it's a very important factor here that we have to make sure that we continue to pay attention to. Because Joe Biden and his family have directly profited from the nefarious actions of the Chinese Communist Party for far too long. Joe Biden has been soft on China as a result of that. Uh, China is our number one adversary. We are we have been at war with China in a financial and economic sense for quite some time. And the various leaders of this country have just been handing everything over to China in an effort to destabilize the United States, in an effort to weaken the United States, weaken the dollar, weaken the purchasing power, uh, weaken our ability to produce goods and services. And, honey, would you please come in here? The sun is starting to shine through the top of the blinds, and I need that closed. All right. So keep an eye on it. Even in China, they believe that the 2008 financial crisis is uh, a similar type of financial crisis is looming. Uh, so here we actually do have some uh, footage of Joe Biden speaking this morning. Now, while he was speaking, uh, because this is just as trading was beginning to open, uh, the banks were beginning to have runs on them. Uh, trading was halted in a number of areas uh, because uh, the values of all of these stocks we're way, way down. Western Alliance Bank Corp uh, was one of those banks. Thank you, honey. Yes, right there. All right, so let's take a listen here. Uh, Western Alliance Bank Corp drops lower during President Biden's speech in which he assured Americans the banking sector is safe. The visual of this is amazing. Before I uh, leave for California, I want to briefly speak about what's happening in Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. Today, thanks to the quick action of my administration over the past few days, Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. Your deposits will be there when you need them. Small businesses across the country, the deposit accounts at these banks can breathe easier knowing they'll be able to pay their workers and pay their bills. And their hardworking employees can breathe easier as well. Last week, when we learned of the problems of the banks, and the impact they could have on jobs of small businesses and banking system overall. I instructed my team to act quickly to protect these interests.
Let me and let me just be clear. These are Silicon Valley interests. Joe Biden has had no problem destroying jobs for hardworking blue collar Americans. He has had no problem destroying a number of sectors of business here in this nation. But he wants to prop up Silicon Valley, which is not particularly uh, uh, rich with employees. I mean, yeah, they have some employees, but it's not like when he shut down the freaking pipelines. It's not like when he stopped allowing us to drill. It's not like a number of different instances of them shutting down coal mines and putting people out of work in West Virginia. Those people never got a bailout. Those people never had anyone fighting for them. And yet here we are fighting for the rights of Silicon Valley banks and for the Chinese Communist Party to maintain their day-to-day operations. Now, the other bank that closed was Signature Bank. And I mentioned, oh, Cranop says uh, for our down-under friend V117. Thank you very much for that. Appreciate that. And uh, thank you, Vector, for being here. Um, so Signature Bank previously had a very close relationship with President Trump. I- Ivanka even served on the board from 2011 to 2013. But they severed ties with President Trump, and they closed his accounts after the January 6th, 2021 staged event that took place in Washington, D.C. And now, two years later, they have closed their doors and they've been taken over by regulators. And I also mentioned Barney Frank. Barney Frank was the author of the Dodd-Frank legislation, which really did nothing to strengthen our financial sectors and uh, I think only added to the problems that we're currently seeing today. He was on that board of Signature Bank. Uh, For the first time in its 20-year history, prominent real estate lender Signature Bank has issued a comment on the nation's politics with a call for President Trump to resign two years ago. They mentioned that. And now... All of a sudden, they are going out of business. Uh, it's been said before that there is a Trump curse. You cross Donald Trump and you're going to find yourself on the sharp end of a stick. So now they have been taken over uh, by New York Department of Financial Services and uh, they are no longer going to be in operation. They had total assets of around $110.36 billion and total deposits of $88.59 billion. That was as of December of 2022. Uh, now, The following statement was released by Janet Yellen. Oh, this was the same statement from earlier. And, uh, okay, I don't know who that would be. Uh, So CNN, (laughs) they loved it. Remember, Deutsche Bank uh, announced that they were no longer going to be doing business with them as well. They felt the heat after that one. Uh, And uh, it continues to happen with the demise of Signature Bank. What about Barney Frank? Barney Frank, he was a U.S. representative who was behind that bill, the the Dodd-Frank bill after the 2008 bank crash. Uh, now, that was caused by the government at that time as well, and uh, they turned around uh, and were able to create a, a just a massive number of regulations in response to that failure. None of them really did anything to strengthen the sector, uh, the banking sector. Uh, but this bank right here, Signature Bank, with Barney Frank sitting on the board, is now in serious trouble. I don't know who's going to be purchasing it. Uh, this is going to be another one of the situations where things go up for auction. Uh, but, again, it doesn't really matter because the federal government is going to be bailing them out. Uh, here are the other banks that were down as soon as Joe Biden opened his mouth about saving the economy and how the banking sector was strong. Republic Bank plunging 66% in pre-market trading. Western Alliance Bank down 62%. In California, you've got customers lining up outside the doors. Uh, and this does not bode well. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at uh, people at Republic Bank trying to get their deposits out. 
That's a bad look. And that's a bank run. Now, you'd think because of the digital nature of everything, they could just, you know, get your money for you right away, but that's just not how it works. Doesn't work. Credit Suisse also tumbling to a new record low after the collapse of SBB and Signature. Uh, they fell as much as 15%, and they've actually been taking losses for the last five quarters. Uh, now, SVB and the Signature Bank collapsed because of the downturn in the technology and crypto sector. That's what's alleged. Uh, but Credit Suisse has had ongoing issues. Uh, they've been attempting to transform themselves into, uh, I think, in the same way that SVB was, uh, an, uh, an ESG leader. Uh, and of course the, uh, the equity, diversity and inclusion efforts of these banks do not bode well for the proper management of money. Charles Schwab down 40% in three days and it just continues to get worse. Uh, developing halted trading at 30 banks as the market opened this morning and that included Charles Schwab. Can you imagine? Uh, a, a company that you own, uh, or a mom and pop organization that has, uh, a, you know, a real product that you're developing, you go public and you get shorted by one of these big funds. Uh, they're not gonna halt your trading. They're gonna let your company die. And then somebody's gonna buy up all your assets and then sell it off to the highest bidder. Uh, but of course, you know, in the same way that they're protecting these other large banks, they're going to be protecting Charles Schwab and Credit Suisse and all of them. Look at all of these halted trading symbols. Uh, this is not normal. And I look forward to seeing what happens tomorrow. In the meantime, Silicon Valley Bank has deleted all of their social media. They don't want anyone seeing their uh, ESG efforts. They were very public about hiring uh, black women of color uh, for important roles. Now, of course, they didn't fail because they hired black women, um, but they failed because I think they hired the wrong people uh, who were not necessarily educated in the ways of keeping a financial institution open. Proud to be on Forbes' ranking of America's best banks for the fifth straight year and to have been named the publication's inaugural financial all-stars list. That was at one time, however, uh, not any longer. I would really like to get a hold of some of those YouTube videos and see what they were talking about back then. Uh, and, uh, of course, as I mentioned, China is going to be a major recipient of the bailout for uh, SVB Bank. Now, uh, D.C. Drano had this announcement that he had announced earlier today. It's not a huge deal, but I think that this was an important learning opportunity for a lot of people because, <clears throat> let's be honest, Rogan O'Hanley, I mean, he's he's like a normie commentator. Like, I mean, he he's just a guy. He's just a guy with a Twitter account, and he has a bunch of followers. He got shut down uh, because of election fraud stuff and talking about the mismanagement of American elections. And he's announced uh, several days ago that at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time today, he would have this big announcement. Well, you got to put it into perspective. Again, Rogan O'Hanley, he's just a normal Twitter commentator. What is his big announcement going to be? Well, in his instance, it was a lawsuit against Twitter for getting kicked off. Uh, this is going to be a case that I suppose is being brought uh, in in California. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's going to be brought uh, to the Supreme Court because it's a First Amendment violation. Uh, and the government of California are the ones who requested his deletion. But I saw people kind of upset that that's all that it was. 
I mean, I'm, I wasn't surprised and, uh, this made a lot of sense to me. You know, this is big news for DC Drano. It's big news for, uh, I think anybody who was shut down by a government agency and perhaps this will end up being a class action lawsuit. People can join it. You know, I appreciate that Elon Musk purchased Twitter, but I think there were real damages here. And more than anything, this is an issue of the federal government and a variety of state governments going after people for constitutionally protected political speech. And in many cases, newsworthy items, stuff like the Hunter Biden laptop, stuff like the theft of our election, uh, stuff like, you know, Joe Biden having half a brain or uh, any other number of things. But here, I want to play this uh, this for you. And I just I, I you know, I actually like to know if anybody out there was upset that this wasn't something more. I, I Every time somebody says they have a big announcement. I see people just lining up. Oh, they're going to save us. They're going to they're going to bring out evidence of, uh, of of election fraud and, you know, everything's going to get solved. And it's just, you know, you got to put things into perspective. At this point, we've all heard about the Twitter files, which has exposed a massive censorship apparatus working in the background, whereby the government is censoring the free speech of American citizens on social media and other big tech platforms in violation of their First Amendment rights. I was banned off of Twitter two years ago for election misinformation, and it turns out that the California government was sending email requests to Twitter asking that me, D.C. Drano, specifically be censored for election misinformation. It was a code orange, and guess what? I was banned for election misinformation, but here's the bigger surprise. We got the emails. We got the smoking gun. Thank you to Judicial Watch. They uncovered it. We filed a lawsuit with Harmeet Dillon, Ron Coleman, Karen Swiger in the Center for American Liberty. And now we are ready to file. Okay, and they're going to be filing at the Supreme Court. I think this is good news. I am excited about any lawsuits that address the constitutional violations that have happened against American citizens at the behest of state or federal government entities. And uh, I'm, I'm happy that Rogan O'Hanley is going to be doing this because most people don't have the money to do this. You know, we have that lawsuit against Google. We spent hundreds of thousands of dollars between all 17 of us suing Google and attempting to go against the machine. You know, a lot of people helped us fund that lawsuit and it went absolutely nowhere. Somebody like Rogan O'Hanley is going to have a lot more resources at his disposal. He's going to have people because, you know, I think they want that guy in politics at some point. So they want to support him. Somebody like me, I'm just a know-nothing podcaster, okay? I'm just a, a dude on the Internet with a camera and a microphone. You know, I'm lucky that we were able to take it as far as we were. I'm proud of the work we did. Um, but we were literally David against Goliath, and Goliath was successfully able to squash us, unfortunately. Uh, but I hope that it set the stage for somebody like Rogan O'Hanley, who's going to be able to actually take it as far as it needs to go. Because it's not just Twitter. Okay, this was also YouTube. This was also Google. I'm sure that there are communications at these other social media companies, just like the communications that have been released by Elon Musk in the Twitter files. And we all need to see them. We need to get every single one of them and every single American that was aggrieved as a result of a request from the federal or the state government where they live to shut them down because they were speaking truth. We deserve to have our voices heard and we deserve to get recompense for having our constitutional rights violated. So, you know, I am in favor of Rogan O'Hanley. I'm in favor of that lawsuit. And I hope that uh, that people can just get over the idea that he was going to save the nation or something like that. Um, OK, 
So, oh, I, m- I mentioned uh, the, the situation in California. This is just freaking mind-blowing to me. California never had slavery. But California is trying to give reparations to black Americans. How black do you have to be to get reparations? Because as we saw with Angela Davis the other day, she's obviously got white in her. She can trace her roots back to the freaking Mayflower. So does that mean that one of her ancestors was raped by a white plantation owner? Or does it mean that one of her ancestors was involved in a consensual relationship with somebody who was of Caucasian descent? We'll never know. All right. But how black do you have to be to get reparations? You know, are they going to start taking DNA and are they going to do a, uh, uh, you know, a percentage or something like that? The point is that they're not even thinking about that. They're not really considering what is going to be required to do this. They're just promising to give black people money if you live in California. And as I stated earlier, they have a massive budget problem. They're talking about $360,000 per person, 1.8 million black people in California. And not all of those people were victims of slavery or not all of the relatives of those people were victims of slavery. Zach apocalypse. Yeah. Apparently many banks still just email each other, Excel spreadsheets and text files who needs security. That's correct. Well, uh, Stocky Rhubarb says, don't say you're a nobody. We're following you. So does that, what does that make us? LOL. Trust your mission as we, I, I, I appreciate that. What I mean, what I mean in, um, you know, I, I believe that there is importance to the work that I do. And I obviously appreciate all of you for being here, you know, but I'm not like a famous person. I don't have power. You know, I, I'm just like I am. I am just a guy on the Internet. I got a voice and, and I'm trying to make sure that people hear it. And I'm trying to raise awareness on issues that I think are important. You know, I, I don't have the backing of people with real power. That's my point there is that Rogan O'Han, he's got connections. Guy's got connections. You know, I go to CPAC and people are going to ask me to get him a coffee or something like that. Uh, also, Vector117, uh, this uh, this video started making the rounds over the weekend. President Trump had uh, predicted a 1929-style bank run and collapse of the economy if Joe Biden was to take office, and that's obviously what we're seeing right now. Again, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. If we're going to destroy this current financial system and put something new in its place, we got to sweep it the legs, if you will. So thank you very much. You said the stock market will crash. I don't doubt it. I think that it's going to... California says you have to identify as black for 10 years. I am black starting now. 10 years from now, I will be rich. (laughs) Oh, that's so ridiculous. Okay. Hey, guys, I've got something to tell you. I've just never told you on the air before. I've been identifying as black for the last 20 years. So I'm going to get myself a California address. I'm going to get myself a P.O. box, and I'm going to put in my application for reparations, and we'll see if it works. With 1.8 million people currently, we're talking about $640 billion. That's money that California doesn't have. Listen to this statement. Again, remind yourself that California never had slavery. If California can admit its sins and change the narrative, then there is a way forward for states and cities across the nation. That's coming from the Secretary of State of California. I don't know if she knows that California never had slaves. So why would they be paying reparations? And it's again, it's unclear that there's no formula for the three hundred and sixty thousand dollars per person. That's uh, again, on top of what the five million dollars that San Francisco is talking about giving out Uh, right now. 
They are projected this year to have a budget deficit of $22.5 billion. And they're talking about needing $640 billion to pay off everybody in California. Uh, last year, when they were initially talking about this stuff, they had a budget surplus because they had all that COVID money. They were flush with COVID money. Uh, and now they are looking at getting even less money in taxes this year because they have raised taxes on the richest people in California. And those people keep leaving California in droves. More and more people are moving away from California. But you know who is moving to California? Illegals. None of them are bringing in any tax money because they don't have a social security number. So they're not on the books. They're just there getting money. They are getting services from California. Uh, anyways, they're talking about the creation of a new state agency. New California cannot come soon enough. The poor, hardworking people... Salt-of-the-earth individuals who live in California who simply just wanted to live in a beautiful place. You know, I mean, California is beautiful. I love going up to the mountains in California. I love the beaches in California. I used to live in San Diego. It was gorgeous. It was sunny in 72 every freaking day. Sure, there were people pooping in the streets, and there were people on heroin uh, hanging out on the street corners. But, heck, I was young. I was 20 years old. It was like the world was my oyster. So now... Uh, they are seriously in a bad problem. And with the Silicon Valley tech sector collapsing in California, I, I guarantee you we're going to see businesses making it a, an even greater exodus from this state. Uh, nobody is going to want to be here. Right. Listen to this. Uh, hang on. It was at the very end. Uh, or maybe it wasn't. OK, it, it's about it's about the 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 taxes that are paid in California, the richest like top five point five percent of Californians pay okay one percent of the total number of tax returns that were filed in 2020 were responsible for more than 49 percent of the personal income taxes paid that year. Point five percent of taxpayers pay 40 percent of California's state income tax. So if we have the top one percent paying half of them. And half of that 1% paying 40%. That is a lot of people in California who are absolutely not paying anything at all. Uh, let me go ahead and just go through these donations over here on the Foxville, because there's only a couple of them. Uh, Sean Joe, Zach Attack, thank you very much, buddy. Paulie9363, thank you for those shades. Who cares, says, hi, Zach, and hold on, let me push pause. Hi, Zach, and fiance, 715 Fort Trump Eastern. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, average Joe Patriot. Hey, what's up, buddy? He says, cheers to Monday. H2O Maven. Good to see you, Maven. Dropped a can. Average Joe says, thank you for never giving up. We must fight. Yes. They, they, this is an existential fight, okay? Because it, it will never end. Uh, there is, I'm never going to feel that America is safe until it's in a very particular position. And I hope that all of you feel the exact same way. This is a fight that we cannot afford to give up on. Red Pill Ken, my brother from another mother. He says, hashtag cerebellum don't matter. <laughs> or his hippocampus. I think the hippocampus is at the base. So we're talking like frontal lobes here. Uh, why not 1979? Much love. Thanks for all you do. Much love to you as well. Pam D, thank you for the cookie. And then, of course, Vector for that 1929 style crash. And then Sean Joe, <clears throat> uh, thank you very much for that cookie. I appreciate it. Oh, my God, you guys, listen to this. Listen to this. Uh, my friend, uh, uh, my friend Marinda, 
ordered me the letters from Trump book that I told you guys about last week. And I just want to say thank you to her on the air. It's not going to be published until April 25th. But when I get it, we will be reading those beautiful letters from the people who now officially hate President Trump right here on the air. All right, Tesla Dove. Tesla, are you moving back to California? I mean, there are definitely places in California that are beautiful. Um, I just wouldn't, well, I wouldn't live in San Diego now. I mean, it is a hellhole at this point. And, you know, I think that, I, I think that New California is going to emerge. We are definitely going to see the creation of the 51st state. And if you're living outside of those three main metropolitan areas that are going to be old California, I think you're going to be golden. And I got to be honest, I want patriots living in California because there are tremendous resources in California. There are incredible people. It's beautiful land. You know, we got to control that. We need to make sure it's out of the hands of the leftists. So if you are moving, if you are moving to California or you live in California, get a hold of my buddy Paul Preston. Be a part, uh, be a part of uh, (laughs) Tom. You missed it. Tom, you missed it. All right, it's fine. You can come back. Uh, in, in California, I am seen as a white extremist because I'm sporting MAGA and carrying the American flag. Yes, we also need Oregon quilting on. I think you're right. Absolutely right. All right. Uh, this right here, this boiled my blood. Do you guys remember Gary Glitter? Gary Glitter, he had that song... Um, this is not that song. I thought maybe I had the song. You know the song, like, do, 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 do. Hey! It's like a, it's an anthem, okay? You've heard it before. Anyways, Gary Glitter, he's a pedo. He's a pedophile. He, he abused a bunch of little girls and he was supposed to go to prison for like almost two decades. But he got out way early. Uh, he was seized in 2000, excuse me, 1997 with 4,000 images of child abuse on his uh on his computer and he is now out in the UK he's living at a hostel it's like a halfway house we would call it here in America and he's not supposed to be getting online and looking at images of child pornography but somebody took a covert video of Gary Glitter talking to another resident at this halfway house about how to get on the dark web now uh, uh let's just like do the deduction here okay so Gary Glitter Convicted pedophile, just gets out of prison, wants to get on the dark web. Okay, I, I think that there is only one thing that Gary Glitter is going to do on the dark web, and that is probably try to find either access to children to molest again, or he's going to be looking for images of child exploitation. He talks about using Onion. Onion, of course, is the application that you use to get on the dark web. Uh, and uh, the, the the only reason that I can imagine he'd be doing this is so that he can go back to his old tricks. Now, <clears throat> Gary Glitter might end up back in prison now that this video has come out. This is him taken in 2007 from his Vietnamese prison cell. Uh, people uh, have been commenting on this in the UK government. Uh, this is very shocking and makes you feel sick. If he's found to be in breach of his bail conditions, it's right he is returned to prison as soon as possible. He has never shown any remorse for his actions. This is the part about it, okay? Gary Glitter is an unrepentant pedophile. He doesn't think he did anything wrong. He is perfectly okay understanding that he ruined the lives of many small 
children. He does not care. He has never indicated any remorse for the crimes he was convicted of. So I'm hoping that Gary Glitter gets sent back to prison as a result of this. Uh, he's also heard in this video uh, asking how to use WhatsApp, how to, how to make international calls using WhatsApp. Apparently, he has a girlfriend in Cuba, and he wants to go see her. No word on how old that girlfriend is, uh, but you can bet that I, I, I would imagine she'd be on the young side. Uh, so Gary Glitter is a sick, sadistic piece of work, and uh, I can only hope that he gets exactly what he deserves. This was uh, a clip, a video clip that I saw earlier today uh, about uh, a leftist student who was upset about posters that were posted on the board there. So let me just play this. Yeah. Why? What do you mean, why? Why are you taking down flyers that aren't yours? Uh, because you took down our flyers. The flyers today. I'm not taking down your flyer. It's right there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm really proud that you can count, but that doesn't mean that you can take down other people's flyers. Don't care. Don't interrupt right me when I'm talking. That's incredibly don't, don't rude. I don't care if I'm rude to you. You're so you're going to say that? You. Oh, you're so nice. You want to empower <laughs> On you. International Women's Day? Why are you threatened by trans women? I'm not threatened by anyone. You seem to be really threatened by ideas that disagree with you. Is and you can't regulate your emotions enough to go to and regulate or just ignore an event that you don't agree with. You oh, have I'm to, sorry, you you're have against to go to flipping of off speech. people and you're covering oh, up Oh, 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 sorry, Snowflake. Like, you can't handle, like, Oh, I oh you flipped me off. Unlike yeah, wow, you, words wow. don't hurt me, so you can call me anything you well, want. I'm gonna report you that say it. How about this is what we're fighting against, the indoctrination of our youth. This kid has no idea why he's so offended by the concept of feminism destroying women, why someone would care to make a distinction between a trans woman and a birthed woman, a natural born woman. Uh, and so he's so upset at the very sight of someone suggesting ideas that are different from his own, he immediately goes off half-cocked. He seems to be unable to articulate his emotions, his thoughts, his feelings. The only thing that he knows is fascist bad. I'm now going to lash out. I'm going to tear down your posters. Free speech up to you. You are the one who don't have the ability to speak or think freely. Uh, and that's a major problem. I just wanted to show that because this is the kind of we're going to see this on a large, wide scale in the coming years. OK, it's been getting steadily worse every single year. And until we can turn around those educational institutions that have been brainwashing our children to believe this garbage, then the next generation of kids are going to be lost. I think we're going to have a rough couple of years here, about 20 years. Uh, our children have been brainwashed and those deprogramming operations are going to have to take time uh, and a lot of effort on our behalf. <clears throat> so please just remember, we shouldn't have to see stuff we don't agree with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what he thinks. That's what he thinks. Hey, what's up, Rise of Tire? Good to see you out there, buddy. OK, so let me get rid of that. Let me get rid of that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. This is in relation to the other video that I showed you earlier of James Comer discussing 
the need for uh, investigations and charges against the Joe Biden administration and people in the Biden family. Paul Gosar here talking. Now, I would also recommend you follow my friend Citizen D-Class on Twitter. Good person right there. Uh, but Paul Gosar talking with, uh, I believe that's Jordan Conradson, uh, about the need to charge people like Nancy Pelosi. I can get behind this 100%. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Nancy Pelosi being charged for the actions she took on January 6th to orchestrate this event, this false flag event. Take a listen. You were talking about Nancy Pelosi. If, mm-hmm. if, if you guys were to look into Nancy Pelosi's ties to the January 6th, um, what they're calling an insurrection, you know, they're standing by their narrative everywhere they go. Same with Liz Cheney. Is there a chance that you guys could prosecute certain members of Congress or former members of Congress over the January 6th? I, I, I would not uh, leave it at just that. I think there's also military that are involved. Right. And I think that, there, you know, heads have to roll. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you condone this uh, lawlessness. And that's what America sees. We see lawlessness in Chicago. We see lawlessness on our border. We see lawlessness everywhere. And that's part of the precipitating actions that Congress has allowed. Right. So are you looking into any inquiries, resolutions of inquiries into Mark Milley or Mayorkas over there handling of our national security. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. So, um, you were t- Stay tuned. That's all I can say. You know, Paul Gosar and the other Republicans who are now in a position of power, this is all I can ask, all right? Help us bring these people to justice. Help us right the wrongs that have been done. Help us get the January 6th political prisoners out of the American gulags that they have been languishing in for so long. And on that note, I got to play this video for you. Marjorie Taylor Greene retweeted it. It is a video of some children who have been told that they can't see their father on visitation day. This is one of those political prisoners shared by Andrea Young. We went to visit our political prisoner, Kyle Young, today. We got turned away. They just canceled visits. We drove 12 and a half hours to come there so these children could visit their father. This is the kind of sadistic shit that these people are doing to these men, to these families. It's abhorrent. It is inhuman. And we can no longer allow this to stand. I urge every Republican in Congress who understands the truth about what was done to America on January 6th by these deep state operatives inside the federal government, help set these men free. Can you tell me what's wrong? They didn't let us go today, did they? I know you do, buddy. It's heartbreaking. And it looks like President Trump is on the air. So we're going to transfer over to watch President Trump now. Let me hit play. Oh, 
thank you very much. Thank you very much. And thank you, great governor. That was beautiful. That was beautiful energy. He's got that energy. That BVE. Thank you. I wish we could have gotten everybody in. You have to see outside. There's so many people want to get in. You're so lucky. Yes, so lucky. We're going to have a good time together. It's great to be in Davenport. I come back to Davenport all the time. It's been really good to us. We won, you know, we won this uh, wonderful state. This is the greatest. We won Iowa twice. We won Iowa twice. And unfortunately, we're going to have to do it a third time because something happened the second time. Nobody knows what that is. But we're going to do it a third time. But I just want to thank all of the great people of Iowa. Proud to be the home of the first in the nation caucuses. And we kept it that way, Tim, didn't we? We kept it that way. As president, I fought hard and won to protect Iowa's first. They just tuned down the audio. The Republican Party. Uh, A lot of people called me about it, including your governor. And I said, we're doing it. That's where it's going to be. It's where it's going to be for a long time. As long as I'm around, I'm telling you, it's going to be. The Democrats did it a little bit differently, didn't they? They they chose a different order. I want to thank Kevin Reynolds also, because he's been a friend of my son's and a friend of mine. They like hunting, and they're the only two. You know, a long while ago, we had a uh, situation where Kevin and my son Don went out hunting with a certain gentleman who we love, a certain governor, previous governor, and they had a very cold weather. The only two that didn't show up for three days back, everyone came back in about 15 minutes. It was too cold. Were Don and Kevin. Do you remember that, Kevin? They said, what happened to those two? Those two could take the weather. There was no problem. They came back. To, they said, what's the problem? But I just want to thank you very much, Kevin. Great job. Great job you've done. Don says hello. I also want to congratulate and thank Lieutenant Governor Adam Gregg. Adam, thank you very much. Former Acting Attorney General Matt Whitaker, a friend of ours for a long time. He's been a great gentleman. Whitaker's a boss. And your former congressman, who I endorsed very, very strongly. We had a good run with Rod Blum. Thank you. Thank you, Rod. Good job. State Representative Brooke Bowden. Thanks, Brooke. Scott County Sheriff of the most beautiful family, Tim Lane. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> Iowa Republican Party Chair Jeff Kaufman. <laughs> Scott County GOP Chair Juanita McNulty. That's a nice day. Now, one of the first elected officials to endorse me. I love this guy. He was so early. He endorsed me before, before I was even running. He said, you know, that guy would be good. Those are the guys we really like. Huh? State Senator Brad Zahn. Thank you, Brad. Oh, we love that guy. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. I also want to thank my Iowa senior advisor, Representative Bobby Kaufman, and many of his colleagues. Bobby is so good. So good. And such a good job. We're looking at those poll numbers are looking very good, I want to tell you. You know, you can tell by the crowds outside. You can tell by the crowds. But his colleagues in the Iowa House and Senate who are here, and uh, they've all endorsed me, and I really appreciate that, including state senators, 
Jeff Reichman, Charlie McClintock, State Representatives Greg Johnson, Ann Osmundson, and I love that name, Mark Cisneros, Steve Bradley, Derek Wolf, Heather Hora, Brad Sherman, Cindy Golding. And by the way, you know what we're going to do a little bit later, if we have a little time left, which I think we will, we'll take a few questions. Does anybody want to answer? You can ask me anything you want. Unlike Biden, you can ask me whatever the hell you want. I've never seen anything like it. The other day they were asking questions and he was reading the answer off a teleprompter. He said, I've never, they've never done that for me. But we'll do some question and answers if you want. Uh, we'll finish up and we'll have a little fun, okay? You can say anything you want. You can give me the worst, toughest, most horrible question. Who cares, right? Who the hell cares? For seven years, our MAGA movement, the greatest in political history, there's never been anything like this, has been taking on all of the evil and sinister forces trying to destroy America's future. You know that. You know it better than most. We stand up to the globalists. We stand up to the Marxists. The Marxists. Remember, I said we will never have socialism. That train left socialism a long time ago. Never even stopped at that station. We stand up to the crooked Democrat prosecutors all over the country. If I fly over a state that happens to be Democrat, let's call them into a grand jury. They have never, nobody's ever weaponized like this group of people. They're maniacs. We stand up to the rhinos, communists, and the anti-energy extremists. We stand up to the open borders fanatics and the pro-China special interests and the fake news media, of which we have quite a bit of it right here. We put workers first, we put farmers first, and above all, we put America first. We put America first. In our four incredible years, and they were incredible years, we achieved more for Iowa than any president in American history. It's not even a contest. And in particular, the farmers, they know better than anybody, working hand-in-hand hand with Iowa's leaders. I was the most pro-farmer president that has ever been in the White House by far. I was rated that by everybody because I appreciate the farmers. I know how smart they are, how good they are, and how hard they work. Nobody in history did more for farmers of our country, the great farmers, than I did. To protect family farms, I virtually eliminated the unfair estate tax or death tax. You know, remember I used to say, look, I'm trying to get this passed. I don't know if I can get it. But if I do, if you love your children, you can leave your farm to your kids. If you don't love it, you don't have to worry about tax. No tax! They call it a death tax. That's a, not a nice word, but, you know, very appropriate. If you don't like your kids that much, or if you don't like them at all, which happens on occasion, don't leave them a thing. The tax won't help you. Don't worry about it. Does anybody in here not like their children? Oh, be careful. Oh, we we got to be careful with that. The problem is the fake news media is going to report that as fact. You know that. You're going to have a lot of explaining to do. 
He loves his boy. He loves his family. We also gave a giant tax cut to family farms that operate as pass-through entities, a big thing for you farmers, which constitute more than 90 percent of all agricultural production in the United States. So we got the pass-through done. Nobody thought it could be done. I repeal Barack Hussein Obama's ridiculous <laughs> waters of the United States. Well, do you know what that is? It sounds so nice, Kim. It sounds so nice. Waters of the United States. I said, I'm going to get killed when I repeal this one, because the only thing good about it was the title, Waters of the United States. And uh, I repealed it, a federal power grab over every ditch and every puddle on private land that make it sound like it was a lake. You couldn't use your property. They really were taking your property away. I'll never forget when I did it. I had a group of farmers and builders, home builders, standing behind me, about 50 of them, And when I did it, half of them, these are men, and in some cases, about five women, they never cried in their life before, maybe when they were a baby, in their mother's arms. But they're not criers. Half of the people were crying. I gave them back their rights. I gave them back their property. I mean, it was an incredible thing. And our Department of Agriculture cut seven old regulations for every one new regulation, saving farmers and taxpayers $262 million a year at least. I ended the NAFTA disaster. That was a disaster. Worst trade deal ever made. And I replaced it with something you like very much with the USMCA, Mexico and Canada, best trade deal Ever made. You know how you know it's good? Mexico and Canada want to renegotiate the deal. I see they're up there. We want to renegotiate. It's not working so well. We want everybody to be happy, but it's better that way than the other way. For many, many, for decades, we had to live with NAFTA. What a disaster it was. But the USMCA, we're very proud of that. Everyone said that's another thing couldn't be done. We did a lot. At my personal insistence to Prime Minister Trudeau, The USMCA pried open Canada's dairy, poultry, and egg markets for American producers. They were shutting us out. You have no idea what they were doing. I stood up to China like no administration has ever done before. And I brought in hundreds of billions of dollars of tax and tariffs and all sorts of revenue pouring into our treasury from China when no other president had ever gotten literally 10 cents, nothing. They came in and they took our country by storm. And we stopped it. And we made one of the greatest trade deals ever. We were mistreated by China. And our farmers were mistreated more than anybody else. And I took a list as to what amount that bad treatment was. And I went to... Uh, really, he did a great job, Sonny Perdue, Secretary of Agriculture. I said, Sonny, let me ask you a question. I want you to figure out over the next couple of days or sooner, how much money did China rip off our farmers in this country? You have to tell me. He got back to me, and he gave me a yearly count over a few years, but the total was $28 billion. And I told China, you have to pay it. And you know what? They paid it. They paid it. And you all, many of the people in this audience, got a check. I took it out of the tariffs that I charged China. We had a lot of money left over, I can tell you that. We had hundreds of billions of dollars, hundreds of billions left over. We took a lot of money. We saved the steel industry. We saved a lot of industries. 
We handed checks to the farmers for $28 billion. Did anybody get a check in this room for the farmers? Because you got to be. Yes, good. Not as many as I would have thought. You all got checks, but maybe you're not in that business. But we're all with the farmers, and they got $28 billion. Nobody saw that one coming. That was one that they said, this is incredible. But he also made a deal with China, and the deal with China was a phenomenal one by... People wanted $15 billion in agricultural purchase. I said, you have to buy. And otherwise, we're not going to do business with you and other things other than the farms. And I said, what's the number, $15 billion? I said, did I hear you correctly? I thought they said $50 billion, right? They said $15 billion. I said, I think I heard $50 billion. Ask for $50 billion. And they agreed. <laughs> and that's why you're still doing well today, Kim. You're doing so well today. Even though they aren't totally living up to it, it's still more money than anybody <laughs> thought possible. And the reason they're not totally living it up is they have no respect for the Biden administration. But still, more money. That's why the farmers are continuing to do well. But China and the USMCA were just the beginning of our fight for the American farmer. I also got Japan to slash or eliminate tariffs on over 90% of U.S. food and agricultural exports. People knew that. What a difference it made. I dealt with the great Prime Minister, Prime Minister Abe. He was my friend of Japan. And that one who, unfortunately, as you know, was assassinated by a madman. But what a great man he was, and his people loved him. But he was very fair to us, and we opened it up because we were being treated very unfairly by Japan, as we are by almost everybody, I have to tell you. I can't think of anybody that we made a better deal. We'd like, it's hard to believe that we survived, but, of course, we do have... $34 trillion in debt. So I don't know if you call that survival. You know, eventually that comes back to haunt you, right? But we didn't make any good deals. We had no good deals. So we made a lot of them great and some of them phenomenal. The European Union agreed to nearly triple its beef imports and opened its markets, the markets to American soybeans at a level that nobody thought was going to happen. I also won... Our farmers' gigantic concessions from South Korea, Argentina, Brazil, Guatemala, Tunisia, Ecuador, Morocco, and many, many more. I was working very hard on Europe, and that was going to be a deal that was done because they don't treat us very well. Europe, believe it or not, you know, it sounds nice. A lot of us indirectly come from Europe. Sounds very nice, but they treat us very bad on trade, very badly on trade. And even if you look at the war, if you look at what's going on, we're spending, we're at about 150 billion and they're at about 25 billion. I would say that's not right, you know. But somebody's got to tell them. All you have to do is say, listen, you're delinquent. You got to up it. You got to up it. It's not fair. Not fair to our country. But we had a, an election that was uh, not a good situation. Not good at all. You've seen a lot of the reasons for it's a disgrace. We got more votes than any sitting president in history by a lot, by millions. We got 75 million votes more. Yeah, that's what they report. They say the other guy got 80. I don't think so. I don't think so. He did one hell of a job from his basement. But that's what it is. It's a very sad situation. In total, I successfully negotiated and renegotiated more than 50 agreements to boost farm exports by more than $60 billion, supporting millions and millions of American jobs, and right here in this room and right here in Iowa.
And that's what happens when you have a president who stands up for America and who puts America first. It can be done. It can be done. I remember France, who I like a lot. But France, uh, they were going to put a tax on a lot of our business, almost all businesses dealing in France. And I said, that's okay if they do that. And my people came back to me, smart people. Sir, they're going to put a tax on and they won't negotiate. I said, just go back and tell them they have to. It's not fair. And uh, you know what I'm talking about. And he's a good man. He's a friend, Macron. And I said, Macron. listen, here's what we have to do. If you want to do this, because my people came back after like two weeks, they couldn't get anything. They got nothing, Kim. You have people that are better than that, I'll bet. But they couldn't get anything. And they were hard working. They worked so hard. So I called up the top people. I said, listen, here's the story. We're going to put a 100% tax on your wines and your champagnes that come into the United States because you're putting a tax on. No, 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 you can't do that. He said, no, no, we're going to do that. It's already done. The papers are going to be signed tomorrow morning. We're putting a 100% tariff or tax. Close enough. We're putting a 100% tariff or tax on every wine, all of your wine, all of your champagne. Oh, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it because at 100%, you're not going to be sending so much to us like you do now. And uh, we'd like to think about this. They called up within an hour. And the whole tax thing was gone. We had no problems. Sort of amazing. Like a boss. That's how you do it. But as our Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue, said, at the end of the day, farmers are better off thanks to President Trump's policies, initiatives, trade policies, and his incredibly strong support. According to the Economic Research Service, farm income is forecasted to be at its highest level and this didn't just happen by accident. End of quote. He said this didn't happen by accident. He was a real pro, really understood the farming business. He could never believe what we were able to do in just a short period of time. And you're still getting the benefits, but it's slowly drifting away. It's just slowly drifting away. Under Joe Biden, it has been a nonstop war on American agriculture. You know that Biden reimposed the waters of the United States rule. He reimposed it. One of the first days in office, he's trying to raise taxes on farms. He wants to reinstate the death tax and fertilizer prices are now up by more than 300 percent for fertilizer. Net farm income is projected to fall by 16 percent this year alone. And on top of it all, and if we didn't do what we did, 16 percent would be 75 percent. But with the insane Green New Deal, Joe Biden is trying to totally kill Iowa ethanol. By contrast, I fought for Iowa ethanol like no president in history. We've had great support. We've had really incredible support in that from your state. But uh, not everybody supports it outside. <laughs> not the easiest sell outside of Iowa, but we won't talk about that. I issued a rule declaring the E-15 would be made available all year round, right? All year round. Nobody said that was going to happen. I also dramatically increased the number of fueling stations where E-15 could be sold across the country, all over the country. And very importantly, I let them use the original pumps and equipment instead of having to buy brand new equipment just because I did it, because it was equal to, in some cases, better than the new stuff. So I said, do it. B-15 
People came to me. They said, we just can't afford to redo this. And remember, we had that conversation and we worked it out. So uh, I'm very honored to have done it. Every promise I made to Iowa as a candidate, I fulfilled as your president. Nobody's ever done this. Promises made, promises kept. That's the I made that promise to defend ethanol. And sometimes we really had to go to the wall on that one. But I did. And I, I took care of it. I promised to move the embassy to Jerusalem and to get it built. And I did. I got it built for a fraction of the cost and a fraction of the time. You know, uh, when they came to me, sir, would you please sign this, sir? I said, what's that for? That's for the American embassy in Jerusalem after I announced that we're going to move it. So moving it was one thing, but it would have never gotten built. It would have been, you know, 20, 25 years. I said, how much is this? Two billion dollars, sir. I said, wait a minute. We're going to build an embassy. It's like a one-story building, two-story building. How do you, you don't build them for two billion dollars in Iowa, I don't think, Jeff, do you? So I said, why so much? They said, well, sir, by the time we do this and buy the land, why do you have to buy land? Don't we have land there? Well, we do, sir, but nobody's really looked at that. We'll take a look. So I called up some people, and we uh, looked at it very closely. And we happen to have the best piece of land in Jerusalem because we sort of were there early. You know, we're in a lot of places early as a country. We've been there a long time. I said, could we use it? It had a building on. Could we use it? We'll build the embassy there. We just saved $300 million on land. They were trying to rip us on a piece of land that was not even a good location. I know a lot about location because I'm in the real estate business. Location is very important. But They said, yes, sir, but it's got a problem. What? It's got a building on top of it, sir. I said, oh, that's good. Maybe that's good. Maybe we can use the building. Oh, I never thought of that, sir. So I had a study done, and the building was very strong. It was set back. All of the things that you had, they wanted set back for security. It was a very big site, beautiful, beautiful views, really the best site. And we already have it. And the building was not even occupied. So I rebuilt the building. I did this as a personal thing, and we were going to spend $2 billion on the whole project. We ended up spending $500,000. Can you believe it? I went to our, really, he was a great uh, ambassador. And David, I said, David, uh, let's see what we can do it for. He calls me back. Hey, guys, we can do it. This is the first time share we, the stream. This. we can do it, sir, for $297,000. I'm the only one that is broadcasting it. Let's get it out there. David, that's I updated the uh, thumbnail. Usually I say, let's see if you can cut it in half. Cut the price in half. But, you know, I'm going off a $2 billion number. So I said, you know, a friend of mine, a big big, very big hedge fund guy, rich guy. Every time I walk into his office, he shows me about Jerusalem Stone. Oh, this is Jerusalem, op- opposite the elevator bank, big building. And he goes, look, this is Jerusalem Stone. I said, if you tell me that again. I said, what's the big deal? Oh, this is the finest stone, the greatest stone. It comes from Israel and everything else. So when I heard that, I said, you know, two years later, I said to my guys, can we build this building in Jerusalem Stone? Yes, sir. It's the cheapest stone we can buy. It's right here. You believe it? So the whole building is Jerusalem Stone. Nobody can believe it, and it's gorgeous. So we opened it up on time, under budget, actually under budget, and it's the embassy. And you know, someday maybe they'll take it down and build some stupid building that costs two billion dollars and is unnecessary, which they've done in many other locations. I can tell you, but it was a great thing. So we not only got it in terms of declaring 
Jerusalem, the capital of Israel, which is a big deal to a lot of people. Big deal. But we got the building built. It was built very quickly. And I heard all sorts of things are going to happen if you do it. It's going to be terrible. There will be bloodshed all over the Middle East. Nothing. So it was just a way of stopping something that people didn't want. But uh, when you look at the job we did there, and we got rid of the Iran nuclear deal. Now what's happened What with when you look at what is taking place right now, it's so sad what's going on right now. They were ready to make a deal. We would have made the greatest deal ever. They would have never had a nuclear weapon. They would have been actually happy about it. But this group came in and allowed them to get rich and allowed them to dictate the terms. And it was really, really a terrible thing. I promised to appoint true conservative justices to the United States Supreme Court. And I did that, three of them. And over 300 federal judges, the whole court system is, is different. Of course, I never seem to get one of them. So, you know, it's one of those things. I get, I get killed in these courts. I, if, if I get one, you know what they do? We'd like to recuse ourselves. Oh, great. That's wonderful. I promised that I would impose a travel ban to keep radical Islamic terrorists the hell out of our country. And I did that. I said I would get reparations from China. Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now.
Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. Fighterflare.com. A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to NobleGoldInvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. And I did that. We talked about that one. That was a big one, the $28 billion for the farmers, but much more than that for a country. Hundreds of billions of dollars I took in and kept our businesses alive because they were dumping, as an example, billions and billions of dollars worth of steel. And I was able to keep the steel businesses alive. So many people in the steel business, they come to me, they hug me, they cry, they hug me. You saved our business. And I saved many businesses by targeting even like things like the washing machine business, the dryer business, the air conditioning business. They dump all this stuff in in uh, our country and our, our companies were all closing up. And I saved those businesses with taxes, tariffs. We made it fair. And how could a farmer vote against me? After doing all this for the farmers, if somebody called me up and I was sort of like in a wise guy mood, I said, they said, how do you think you'll do in Iowa? I said, listen. I got the farmers $28 billion. I did things that nobody thought was possible. Even Kim said it's going to be tough. But we did things that nobody thought was possible. And we made the farming business great. Made it great again, if you think about it. Now it's slipping away a little bit, but we'll get that back real fast. But So I said, I said... And I saved ethanol, which is a big thing for Iowa and farmers, but a big thing for Iowa in particular. And I said, so how the hell would I lose Iowa? How is that possible? And then I got a poll the other day that was, we're way up. I can tell you, Jeff, we're way up. And uh, I think we're going to do fantastically here. It's been a great, it's been a great state. Great people, great people. Make farming great again. But I made those promises to the people of Iowa and America, and I kept every single one of my promises. And now we're laying out a bold, forward-looking vision for what we will do. And when we take the oath of office and we get back that beautiful, beautiful White House and we become together the 47th president of the United States. Within hours of my inauguration, I will cancel every Biden policy that's brutalizing our farmers. Every single
USA, 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 USA. Trump is back. Thank you. He's never really left, but he's coming back. I'll appoint a special team to attack the high price of fertilizer. We'll have that taken care of very quickly, just like, like I did with oil. In fact, I got the oil down so low, I had to save the oil companies. How about that one? Remember that little period when you were getting almost free gasoline? So we had to save them. We had a call OPEC, and we had to call Russia, frankly, and Saudi Arabia. We said, we had to get the price up. But we saved all those companies. We got the price down to tremendously low numbers. And this country was right. We've never had an economy like we had. And... And when you think about it, they did just the opposite. What caused inflation? Mm. The oil price. The oil, energy. Energy became so ridiculously expensive, it drove everything. Now everything is inflated. Now it's more than just energy. But we'll get it down. We're going to get it down. We'll get it down fast. And I'll tell other countries where we spend billions and billions of dollars on military protection. I've said this during my four years. I'd meet with these countries. I say, uh... They would come in to thank me for the protection we give. I said, where do you buy most of our... Sir, we buy mostly from China. Oh, that's nice. Well, you're going to buy from us from now on, or we're not protecting you anymore. Everyone thought that was terrible. And if they don't give preferential treatment to our farmers, just like I did for four years, that's why you had all that business... The troops are packing up and they're going to be coming home. And I tell them that. And, you know, there's nothing. Some people said, that's very tough, sir. I had uh, one gentleman, a prime minister from a certain country. He was, I said, where do you buy your military equipment? Sir, we buy it from China. I said, so wait, we're protecting you and you're buying it. Another one said, Russia. We buy a lot from Russia. How much you buy from us? Very little, sir. Sir, we need more protection on our east front. I said, we're not giving you anything. We're not giving, I mean, how stupid are we? I have, I go through these conversations for four years, the dumbest conversations I've ever had. But they all came alive and they all came back and they started buying from us. Unbelievable. I'll also rapidly restore American energy independence and even energy dominance with Iowa ethanol playing a part. You know that. We won't just increase ethanol production in our country, but we'll export ethanol. We're going to ex- export it all over the world. And just as I did for four straight years, I will protect the ethanol, and I will go after anyone who wishes to destroy it. And let me tell you, we had a lot of people that fought me on that one. It's also, by the way, it happens to be a national security priority as far as I'm concerned. Now, I may or not... You know, it was so nice because when Kim, she was so energetic and nice and so incredible for the place and such team spirits. I said, you know, maybe I shouldn't mention this part, but we have to. Should I mention it? More exciting. Okay, so remember this. Ron DeSanctis. Did anyone ever hear of DeSanctis? <laughs> DeSanctimonious. DeSanctis. Now, Ron DeSanctis strongly opposed ethanol. Do you know that? And... We don't even know if he's running, but I might as well tell you. If he's not running, I'll say, he was fine on ethanol, don't worry about it. He strongly opposed ethanol and fought against it at every turn, and he's going to do that again, because people that 
come out early for something. That's where they go. That's what it is. So, you know, he may do something politically, but he was very, very bad on ethanol. He fought it all the way. And he also fought against Social Security. He wanted to decimate it and voted against it three times. Voted against Social Security. That's a bad one. A lot of people don't know that. But I think they've been finding out over the last four weeks one of the reasons that we're zooming in the polls, perhaps. Maybe that's one. Maybe it's other things, too. It's really based on what we've done, I think. And on Social Security, well, we're at it. He wanted the minimum retirement age to be lifted to people that are 70 years old, a substantial increase over what it is right now. That's a big increase. And he also voted to severely cut Medicare. I will not be cutting Medicare, and I will not be cutting Social Security. We're leaving the age where But you have to remember, Ron was a disciple of Paul Ryan, who is a rhino loser who currently is destroying Fox and would constantly vote against entitlements. He would just vote against, remember that, the wheelchair over the cliffs, the Democrats used it. The wheelchair over the cliff commercial, very effective. That was about him. But Ryan, Paul Ryan's a big reason that Mitt Romney, I'm not a big fan of Mitt Romney, lost his election. And to be honest with you, Ron reminds me a lot of Mitt Romney. So I don't think you're going to be doing so well here, but we're going to find out. But those are the facts. But I'm proud to say the final numbers just came out and the primary elections, 98.6% of the people that I endorsed in the elections in the primaries won. Think of it, 98, like your temperature. See those two young guys? They have a 98.6 temperature. Everyone else in the room, it could be different. Who the hell knows? But they're, they're young. They got 98.6. So it's easy to remember. 98.6% of the people I endorsed won in the primaries. And what you never hear from the fake news media, I endorsed 253 people. And of the 253 people I endorsed in the midterm elections, 233 won. So I was 233 wins and 20 losses. They'll bring up one or two names. They'll bring up Herschel, who's a wonderful guy, but he didn't quite make it. They'll bring Herschel Walker up. They'll bring another one up, another one. I get a couple of names. But think of that. 233 wins and 20 losses, if you want to call them losses. And Kim, I'll bet you didn't even know that. And then you hear the fake news saying, oh, he didn't do so well in the midterms. I did well. The party didn't do that well because we have people like... Mitch McConnell and others that didn't allow them to do well. But nobody wants to mention it. So you know what I say? If nobody's going to mention it, mention it yourself, these kids. Because if nobody else is going to toot your horn, toot your own horn and just let it out there. But that's pretty good, right? 233 out of 253. As the publication... Town Hall publication, good publication, said every single time that Donald Trump has been on the ballot, Republicans either held the majority, like in 2016, or gained seats, like in 2020. The same individuals who want to blame him for losing the Senate in 2020 was not my fault. I had a lot of good people got in because of me, like 
North Carolina, Ted Budd, like so many others. We had a lot of them, including some sitting senators that were in big trouble. But they want to blame him for losing the Senate in 2022. By the way, J.D. Vance did great. J.D. Vance was another one. And he's been fantastic, I have to tell you. But they have amnesia from 2018 when President Trump was in the White House and Senate Republicans gained a lot of seats that were unexpected in the midterm elections. They never mention that the fake news, do they? But it's funny how that conveniently left out always in the discussion. They never like doing it. So on top of this, the publication said Trump still has really high approval ratings with the Republican voter base is defeating Ron DeSantis in poll after poll by a lot. And I'm beating Joe Biden by a lot, very importantly. So, But you don't hear that from the media. Sometimes referred to as the fake news media, so I'm telling it to you. That's the facts. As president, I will immediately end the invasion of our southern border. Kim mentioned okay. can happen soon enough. A lot of people in here. There's a lot of people in here. I ask people, by the way, we have these rallies, and this isn't a rally. This is different than a rally. We'll be back for a rally soon. It's a little too cold outside. I said, why aren't we doing one at an airport where we can have 50,000 people? They said, sir, it's too cold. That was a good call because it's very cold outside right now. But there are tremendous uh, thousands of people outside that want to get in. This great spirit. Two years ago, we had the most secure border in U.S. history, and we will quickly do that again. We had the most secure. We had the best numbers that we've ever had in recorded history. I built hundreds of miles of wall, and we completed the original task as promised, and then I began to add even more in areas where it was needed. We did hundreds of miles, and then Thank you. I don't know what she said, but whatever she said sounds good. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, we did hundreds of miles of wall, and between that and getting Mexico to give us 28,000 soldiers free of charge to keep people out, and we had stay in Mexico policy. Do you think it was easy to get Mexico to say, oh, we'd love to have a stay in Mexico policy? We used to have... Stay in the United States for the rest of your life, because once they were here, nobody ever got them out. They never went back. They never came back. They'd be given a court hearing, and they would uh, just not even th – they would throw the piece of paper away. It didn't mean anything. But I got a stay in Mexico policy from Mexico, if you can believe it. The reason was, I said, look, you have to do this, because if you don't do it, we're going to put tariffs on everything that you have said. And they said, we would love to do it, sir. It would be a great <laughs> They said to me, we will never do that. Are you – he thought – they thought I was crazy. I said, listen, I need about 28,000 soldiers of your soldiers to keep people from coming into the United States. The guy looked at me like, you've got to be kidding. That's the dumbest request I've ever had. 
I said, oh, no, you'll do it. Don't worry about it. You'll do it. No, no, we will not. We will not do it. We had a woman in the State Department. She said, sir, you'll never get these things. Ten different things I asked for, including the medical, which, as you know, is now expiring, which they shouldn't let that happen. But she said, you'll never get it, sir. But I had the second highest-ranking person in Mexico. And I said, no, no, you'll do it. No, no, we will not do this. Why would you say that we would do that? 28,000 soldiers, it's a lot of soldiers. I said, no, you're going to do it. You're going to keep people out of the United States. And we're going to have what's called stay in Mexico policy. No, sir, we're not going to do it. I said, well, listen, here's the story. If it's not done immediately on Monday morning, this was a Thursday. On Monday morning, we're going to sign. I've already got it made. Here's the papers right here. We're going to put taxes and tariffs on every automobile and everything that you make coming into the United States. And that amounts to tens of billions of dollars. So I really think you're going to do it. Sir, uh, we'd be happy to do it, sir. We'd be happy. He's going like this. Wait till I explain that to my party. Wait till I explain this deal. But they did, and they were great. And I really like the president of Mexico. He's a socialist, but, you know, can't have everything, right? <laughs> he's, he's a, a great guy, actually. He's a friend of mine. He, uh, he said that, that election was rigged. That election was rigged. He said, I had one of them 20 years ago, president. I had one of them. It's not a good feeling, I will tell you. But, uh, but he's a great guy. He's a fantastic guy. And, you know, it's not an easy country. It's a very, very tough country, Mexico. Very, very tough. Very dangerous in many ways. But they have a wonderful man leading it. But they did that. And we had stay in Mexico and, uh, nobody would come into the United States. And we had that border. So until we got approval, if they were good, if they qualified, and some, many of them did. Not that many, but many. And they'd come into the United States and live happily ever after. But uh, we kept everybody out. There was an MS-13. We took MS-13 out by the tens of thousands. We brought them back. We had three countries in particular, and we brought them back. And we, uh, you know, when I first came in, I said, why aren't we bringing them back, sir, under the Obama administration? They wouldn't accept them back, sir. I said, what do you mean they wouldn't accept them back? Guatemala. Honduras, El Salvador, a couple of others, but those three in particular, they wouldn't accept them back. And I said, well, how much money do we pay them? Sure, we pay them $750 million a year. I said, okay, explain to them that as of this moment, they're not getting any money anymore. Because they literally wouldn't. When we had a plane flying in with these horrible people, MS-13 and others that are just horrible killers, Rapists, drug addicts, drug dealers, they'd be flying and they'd put planes on the runway so our planes couldn't land. They wouldn't let our buses in. They wouldn't let anything and they didn't want them back. They were gone. They were the ones that got them out. They'd put them in the caravans. I came up with that name, but it was a caravan. They'd put them in the caravans, oftentimes in the middle of the caravan. And you'd have this big caravan coming up to the country. It's uh, just terrible. So what I said, we ended all of that stuff. You didn't see that until this administration. Now it blows everything away. Nobody's ever seen what's happened. Nobody's ever seen it. But I said to them, uh, what happens? They said they won't take them back. So I said, okay, just explain that they're not getting any money from the United States. The following morning, I got like three calls almost at the same time. Three leaders of the three countries that I mentioned. Sir, there must be a misunderstanding, though. What's the misunderstanding? Uh, we would be glad to have MS-13 come back. We love them very much. And we got them out by the tens of thousands. 
Tens of thousands. Our countries are emptying out there. You, you take a look at what's going on with these countries. The other countries, they're emptying out their prisons, their insane asylums, their mental institutions, and sending all of these people and these massive problems and unbelievable costs. They're sending them to us. There was a picture and a little story about uh, a mental institution in a certain country. And the doctor said, you know, I've been working so hard for 20 years. I couldn't keep up with everything. We're so busy. People wouldn't even have beds. They were so busy. He said, now I have nobody here. You know where they are? Mental institution. You know where they are? They're in the United States of America. It's our problem. And you know what? If you ran one of those countries, Kim, you would have done the same thing. I would have. They're cleaning out their prisons. They're emptying their prisons. Their prisons are empty. They're mental institutions. Currently They're looking insane at asylum. McCarran it's a Airport. word you're not supposed to use anymore. Words you're not supposed to use. Kind <laughs> like Biden. I have three words for you. <laughs> we don't want to be caught in that predicament. So two words. Insane asylum. A word, these are words you're not supposed to be uh, using anymore. It's not politically incorrect. But mental institutions are being emptied out by the thousands and thousands and thousands. And think of the, the money they're saving and all of the problems they're saving. And they're dumping them into the United States of America. We're like a dumping ground. And we end that stuff. It'll end so fast your head will spin. It's horrible what's happened. Who can even think that this is acceptable? And, you know, when you look at their policies, right, uh, no borders, no voter ID, high interest rates, weak military, let's stop spending, woke all over the place. It's, uh, but you look at all of these things that they do, you can't win elections with that. You can only win if you cheat at elections, okay? Because there's nobody going to say that open borders is a thing that's popular. Especially when you hear stories like that with the mental institutions and the prisoners all coming into the, all being brought right into the United States, dumped into the United States. And, uh, we have to be very careful. We have to, we have to be a lot different on the elections. I always say, I don't want any help with the elections. The only thing I want is when they're counting the votes, you gotta be there. You know, we used to have one day. We used to have paper ballots. We didn't have mail in, you know, mail them in anytime you want. They come in by the thousands, tens of thousands. 200 million ballots. Where are they coming from? Wait on us. Like they're getting dumped in their heads. It's a disgrace. But we used to have paper ballots. We used to have, we used to have things where voter ID, you come in and they say, we would like to see your voter ID. And they'd show a nice picture. You know, the Democrats for their convention had a voter ID. It was like this. It was like a prisoner wears, actually, that had more information on that person. And that was for the Democrat National Convention, when they had the Democrat last time. They had the biggest voter ID I've ever seen. They had pictures from every angle, angles that you don't even want to see. They had pictures. <laughs> and uh, But we're not allowed to have one for voting. You have to have one when you buy groceries and other things, but you can't have one for voting. That's because they want to cheat. That's the only reason. Even 88% of the Democrats 
Eighty-eight percent of the Democrats want that. And one of the things I'm asking Republican governors to do, oh, a Republican governor, but I'm asking that what they should do while they have this power and go paper ballots, go one day voting, one day. You know, some of these states, they're out there for, they're out there for 62 days. Think of it. It never ends. In fact, on election night, they say, we can't call the election because they have another two days or they have another two weeks in some cases to vote. No, it's horrible. No, voter ID, same-day voting. You know, in the old days, we had same-day voting. And they can call a holiday if they want. They can do whatever they want. France had 36 million people vote. They used to have machines. They used to have all different things, and they were getting just really bad results, bad people ripping off the system. Because anytime Jimmy Carter said it with his commission, anytime you have mail-in ballots, the system is inherently dishonest because they go out, they come out. So we need to have it. I think Republican governors, I think it would be very popular. Same-day voting, paper ballots, voter ID, and it's over. See, I'm so popular. It's so popular. Now, France had 36 million people vote. At 10 o'clock in the evening, all the votes were cast. You had a winner, you had a loser. The loser went home, the winner went on to govern. And we should have the same thing. It's a horrible thing where the, the machines don't work. We have a hard time. We should have the machines. You see the one state? We should have the machines, uh, the vote, within two weeks. You know? And what they do to those machines, what they're doing is just, our country is, uh, it's really being hurt very badly by it. But everybody likes it. I've never seen an audience that doesn't go crazy about it. And I hope Republican governors that have that can start the process because that's what we should all have. As president, I will sign a massive increase in Border Patrol and a colossal increase in the number of ICE deportation officers. Just so you know, these are, these are incredible patriots. You know, I know some of the people sitting up here, and they're tough guys, but they're not, they don't want this job. They will walk into a pack, a gang from Mexico or from El Salvador, and they'll run in and they'll start throwing and fists and fighting. And I said, do you really like doing that? You know, this guy right over here, my friend, he doesn't want to do it. He thinks he's a tough guy. He's not tough. These guys are incredible patriots. And they would grab them and they would take them out. You know, the uh, MS-13 guys, they would, not so long ago, they killed two young 16-year-old girls walking to school. And they didn't do it with guns because that's too quick. They, they used knives and they cut them up and sliced them up, and uh, they, they did it that way because it was more painful and it was slower. And these are the people we have living here. And the ICE people, they go in and they take them out, and they either throw them in jail or they bring them back to the country, depending on the severity. And they are great, and they're great patriots, and they, they get scorned. They're scorned by the radical left. They're actually scorned. The job they do is incredible. I'll ask every state and federal agency to identify every known or suspected gang member in America and every one of them that is here illegally. And everybody knows it because your local sheriffs know who they are. The sheriff knows every bad person in your area.
But it's politically incorrect for him to say that. But this guy doesn't mind. He doesn't mind being politically incorrect. But he knows. You know the good ones, the bad ones. You know where they are. You can't just bring people in for that. But the local law enforcement knows. But we'll pack them up and uh, immediately take them out of a country, and uh, we will deliver them to the country of origin, the country from where they came. Before I arrive at the Oval Office, shortly after I win the presidency, I will have the disastrous war between Russia and Ukraine settled. It will take 24 hours if it's not done before then. What a shame that is. What a shame, what a shame, what a shame. And the numbers, the deaths, and the people are being so horribly injured is far greater than what they're reporting. They blow down a city, buildings all over the building. It looks like a demolition site, and it, which is exactly what it is. And everybody is, so many people are being killed. And then they'll say, two people were injured. No, no, many people are killed. The numbers are far worse, far worse than is being reported. It's a horror, it's a horrible thing taking place. I could get that thing settled. It would have never happened if I were president. Zero chance. And even the Democrats admit that. Even the Democrats say, no, if Trump were president. And President Putin knows, could do. We used to talk about it. He can't do it. You're not going to do that. And uh, he was never going to do that until I left. And then he said, well, and you know what happened? He watched what happened in Afghanistan. When he saw that horror show in Afghanistan, the way we took our soldiers out first, you don't bring the soldiers out first. You bring the soldiers out last. First you get your people out, then you get your equipment out. They kept $85 billion worth of equipment. And now they're the... And now Afghanistan is the second largest seller of arms in the world. They're selling... They got... 700,000 rifles, machine guns, and guns. 70,000 vehicles, many of them armor-plated. You know how expensive that is? There's no car lot in the, in the world, but in this country that has more than a few hundred cars. 70,000 of the most sophisticated vehicles in the world. We handed it to them. We handed it to them. Night goggles. They have better night goggles than us, brand new, never taken out of the box. You know, they're good fighters, but they never fight at night because you couldn't see at night. Now they can see. And uh, I dealt with Abdul. He was the leader. I said, Abdul, I was very proud of this. I said, and the press hit me hard. You know, the press was saying, why are you calling the terrorists? I said, because, you know, Jesse James, the bank robbers, they said, why do you always rob banks? He said, because that's where the money is, right? Why do I speak to Abdul? That's where the problem is. Abdul is the leader of the Taliban. And I said, Abdul, Abdul, nice to talk to you. I said, but uh, listen, uh, if you kill any more of our people, because he was really, they were going to town, the snipers, they were going to town on our people during the Obama administration in particular. They were knocking them out one after another. And I see the end result. I'd go to Walter Reed, which is so incredible, the doctors and the job they do. But I'd see what was what was left, what was, what these people, what the parents went through with their beautiful son, sometimes daughter, just decimated. And the parents are not even, in, they don't even believe it when they're standing by the bedside crying. They don't even believe what happened to their child. I said, Abdul, if you kill any soldier, 
We are going to hit you harder than any country has ever been hit in the history of America. We're going to hit you harder. And we went 18 months, 18 months without one soldier killed in Afghanistan. And then we had the election. And the other side came in, and we lost a lot, and we lost a lot that day, that horrible day where we took the soldiers out first. Remember that? That was a horrible day. I think it was the most embarrassing day in the history of our country. And when Putin looked at that, he said, this is my chance. These people are incompetent. This is my chance. It's just incredible. But I was very proud of that. Think of that, 18 months without one soldier being... Biden actually put it in his speech, and they were screaming at him, don't say that. That's good news for Trump. But we did a good job with this administration. You could end up in World War III because they don't speak right. They don't send the messages out right. They act tough when they should act nice. They act nice when they should act tough. Honestly, they don't know what the hell they're doing. We're going to end up in a world war over this stuff. We could end up in a, in a major war. Well, you could end up in a major war with China or others. There are others out there a lot sooner than people think. And, you know, we have a word called nuclear. Nobody was allowed to use that word. For years and years, you couldn't use the word nuclear because it's devastation. And now they're talking about it all the time. It will be a nuclear war. It will be a nuclear war. You're not even allowed to say it. I had people come down from MIT and tell me about nuclear, the power is so enormous. So this is not like the Second World War where we have army tanks and rifles and we go after each other. This is a level that uh, will possibly end the world. And we have people that don't know what they're doing. We have people that truly have no clue what they're doing. And uh, you see it just like I do. You see the same language. They, they say the wrong thing. Sometimes they're much too tough but always on the wrong subject. And sometimes they're weak as hell. Like when Biden said initially on Afghanistan, well, he could go in and maybe take over some of the country. That was not a good signal. That was not a good signal. People said, did he really say that? But we have, we have inflation. These are all self-inflicted wounds, much worse than wounds. We have inflation that's rampant. If you look at what inflation over... 200 years, what it's done to countries that had to suffer through it, destroys the countries. It's like cancer, destroys the countries. We have now banks that are closing, two banks, two big banks yesterday closed. That's a bad sign. That could be the beginning. We have an economy that's in shambles. You know, last year, you don't realize this, last year we had the worst stock market since 1929. Did you know that? We had the worst stock markets. You know, you don't think of it because you continue to do. It's tighter. It's tougher. You have inflation. You, your gasoline costs you four or five times as much in some cases. But we had the worst stock market since 1929. It actually goes back longer than that. It goes back to, I think, 1887. But I said, let's use 1929 because people understand. That was called the Great Depression. But we had the worst stock market. Uh, people have their... 401ks. Does anybody have a 401k? Raise your hand if you're happy with it, because not too many people. Anybody happy with the results? Because I'll tell you what, 
They were happy when I was running this country. They were making a fortune with the 401. I had a police officer in New York. They're great people. He came up to me and said, sir, I want to thank you. My wife always said I'm a incompetent, horrible investor. We have a 401k. And all my life I was suffering with her, sir. You don't know what you're doing. You did. Sir, she gave me the biggest kiss last night. I was up 59% last year. This is a few years ago. And my wife loves me so much. She thinks I'm the greatest investor ever now, sir. And I just want to thank this big, handsome cop from New York. And uh, I, I sort of just remembered it. But many people said that. They were up 50, 60, 70, 80 percent. And now you're going down at numbers that nobody would have thought. Yeah, it was the worst stock market since 1929. Think of that, what that is, the Great Depression. We have a country that's a mess, but more importantly, it's a, a world that's in serious trouble because we have such an impact on the world. We lead the world or we should, but we're not leading it anymore. When you see that and you see Saudi Arabia made a deal with Iran and they made it through China, not through the United States. Who would have thought of that one? Who would have thought Saudi Arabia? I, and I said this two years ago. I said, you know, if they keep going like this, Saudi Arabia is going to get together with Iran through China and China is going to control that whole situation. It should have been done through us. We could have had that done so easily. These things are unprecedented. Things are happening that are unprecedented. The Biden administration has driven Russia right into the arms of China, something that is unacceptable. When you're a child studying history, the one thing you learn is you never want Russia and China to get together and form an alliance. Biden has done that. They have a big, beautiful alliance right now. And they've driven Russia right into the arms of China. Like, like taking candy from a baby, it was for China. It was very easy. We also have the Iran problem, and I would have had that done very quickly because they were in bad shape financially. Now they're rich again. I told China, if you want to buy oil from them, that's fine, but you're not going to do any more business with the United States. And uh, they said, we will not buy oil from them. They didn't. And we were in a position where we could have made a great deal and made a deal for them, too. Made a deal for everybody to keep the world safe. But uh, when I left, all of a sudden, China went back and started paying a fortune for the oil. And they're rich now. Uh, Iran is very rich now. And it's a much different situation than it was. Iran was ready. They were totally ready to make a deal. That we had a bad election, really bad. And we're in a position now that we have problems that I don't think we've ever had a more dangerous time for this country and for the world. I don't think there's ever been, again, it has to do with weaponry, but I don't believe there has ever been a time like we're in right now. What they've done to our country in two years is unthinkable. It's unthinkable. Standing before you today, I am the only candidate who can make this promise. I will prevent World War III, because I really believe you're going to have World War III. Because I believe you're going to have it. You, thank you. You know, I saw outside somebody was wearing cap. Trump was right about everything. I hate to say it. It's true. 
Germany with the pipeline. I said, what are you doing? The German delegation during the United Nations speech, my speech, they were laughing. They thought it was so funny. A year later, Trump was right about that one. Germany is now, you know what Germany is doing? Building coal plants all over the place as fast as they can. That didn't work out too well. But I was the one that exposed Nord Stream 2. It's called Nord Stream 2, a pipeline from Russia to Germany, but other parts of Europe going to supply. And I said, what are you people doing? And remember, I gave the white flag of surrender. I sent it over to Angela Merkel. She said, but why, but why do you send this to me? I said, because you will be surrendering in a certain period of time. Nobody knew it was going to be in two years. But you will be, you've had many wars with Russia. They've been big wars. You cannot get 85% of your energy from Russia. You got to find other sources. But they, uh, they thought it was so funny. Now they say Trump was right about that one too. But every step of the way we will be opposed by the corrupt warmongers and neocons and globalists and communists and all of the other menacing forces that have been trying to take us down with hoaxes and witch hunts and they've been trying to do anything they can to stop us. It's called Make America Great Again. You know, MAGA. They'd say MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. They hate to use the what it means. The term is simple. It's Make America Great Again. There's nothing wrong with it. They're breaking every law to persecute us, while Joe Biden's brazen corruption and criminality is totally ignored. I mean, you take a look at what's on the laptop from hell. I mean, at some point, does he, you know, after every day, does he ever say, like, this thing with Hunter, my son, it's just not working out real well. This is, you know, at some point, because that laptop is a disaster. Hunter went to him, actually, and he said, Dad, we have a problem. What? I left my laptop at the repair shop. Oh, well, that's not a big problem. Well, what's, why is that a problem, son? Well, that was a few months ago, and the repair shop now owns it. Oh, that's not good. Well, what's on it? Every single crime that you've ever committed. <laughs> at some point, at some point, he's going to say, you know, I'm not sure if this is so good. This is not working out too good. But, you know, in the meantime, they go after us. What's happening is very simple. Our enemies are desperate to stop us because they know that we are the only ones who can stop them. And I will totally obliterate the deep state. I will fire the unelected bureaucrats who have weaponized our justice system. Look at what they've done to our justice system, what they have done to our justice system. I will direct the Department of Justice to go after Marxist prosecutors' offices to make them pay for their illegal race-based enforcement of the law. Many racists are there. I will revoke China's most favored nation's trade status. You know, China says they're a, they're a growing country. We need help. They don't need help. They're doing just fine. But can you believe that they have a most favored nation? I will implement a four-year plan to phase out all Chinese imports of essential goods and gain total independence. Get rid of China. them. Get rid of them. And I will hold the 
Well, that's it. You got to do it. And I will hold the Chinese Communist Party accountable for unleashing the China virus upon the world. Nobody can afford what it is. You know, I told you before that I was very proud of the trade deal that I made with China and the farmers. But then we got hit with COVID. And I don't even talk about that deal anymore because COVID was so horrible and devastating. I talk about the USMCA, Mexico, Canada. But I made a deal that is so big. We talked about it. But I don't talk about it. This is one of the few times I mention it because it happens to be Iowa. And it's important for Iowa. But I hardly talk about that deal anymore because all of the goodwill and the good feeling and everything that was good about it got wiped out with this horrible Chinese China virus that came in. COVID, they call COVID-19. What's COVID? What is COVID? It's the China virus. It is the China virus. And it came in and it wiped out and it wiped out all of the goodwill. It was such a I would go around for a few months before this happened, and I'd say, we just made the greatest deal with China. It's good for China, good for us. We're supplying them with food. They're paying us a fortune. Remember I said, I said, all the farmers, I just made a deal, because the farmers were with me. You know, China was really hitting us hard. They wouldn't do any business. And the farmers stuck with me during this negotiation. It was tough. It took two years, and they stuck tight. They were unbelievable. They didn't want anything. I, I, they'd interview people, and they'd say, the president's doing the right thing. I don't care. I'm losing my shirt, but the president's doing the right thing. And they stuck with me. I'll never forget that, how great the farmers were. You know, everyone always wants something in Washington. I had 39 farmers come into a meeting in the Oval Office, a beautiful, beautiful uh, conference room. I said, I'm going to get you so much. They said, we don't want anything, sir. We just want a level playing field. I'll never forget that. Nobody else said that to me. Everyone else, they want subsidies. They want everything. The windmills. How about the windmills? stuff. The windmill stuff. They get a lot of subsidy. But you know what? They want something. The farmers wanted nothing. They just wanted... I never forgot it. I tell that story a hundred times. They're unbelievable people. They just wanted... They said it. A level playing field. And I will end Joe Biden's inflation nightmare and quickly rebuild the greatest economy in American history. We had the greatest economy in world history. China was supposed to take us over in 2018, was supposed for years. 2018 was the big year. I said, oh, this is a terrible thing. It's not a good, I don't want that. And we built this country so strong. We had an economy that was, we were leapfrogging them. They would have never caught us. And then the virus came in. And they didn't catch us anyway. But we did it twice. We built the economy twice, and we're really proud of it. I will protect Social Security and Medicare, defending our seniors from both the radical left and the Paul Ryan Republican establishment, because that's what it is. The rhinos. The rhinos. They're worse than the Democrats in many ways, because you don't know where they're coming from. Right? You don't know where the rhinos are coming. At least you know where the Democrats are coming from, and it's not a good place. But the rhinos, sometimes you don't know. As I announced earlier this month, I will pursue a quantum leap in the American standard of living. We will hold a competition to build new freedom cities on the frontier. We have this magnificent, we own most of the country. We have the most beautiful lands in the country to give 
Countless Americans, a new shot at home ownership and the American dream. We'll build cities and we will support baby bonuses for a new baby boom. We want a baby boom. We want our people to have babies like we used to have. Donald Trump stepped inside the quantum accelerator. I will immediately sign a new executive order to cut federal funding for any school that's pushing critical race theory, transgender insanity. And any other inappropriate racial, sexual, or political content on our children, their children. You know the amazing thing about that? Look at the hand you get for that. Bigger than uh, we're going to be energy independent. The amazing thing is 10 years, if somebody said that, you wouldn't even know what they're talking about. That they can mutilate our children is without your permission. Parental rights. I said the other day, I will bring back parental rights into our school system, right? Place. And the place went crazy. You know, the place went crazy. And I said, can you imagine what I'm doing? I'm saying, parents, you have rights. That's what I've said, basically. Simple. Parents, you have rights. The place goes crazy because our country has gone crazy with this nonsense. I really believe it's people that hate our country. It has to be. It's people that hate our country. And just as you're doing right here in Iowa, we will keep men out of women's sports. That's another reason why. Another logical choice. I don't know if anybody watches. Do you see some of the records that are being broken? That's a little, the weightlifting record. Guy comes in one hand. Bing, he just broke the record. Have you lifted before? No, not really. Boom. It's so ridiculous. The swimmer, you you know, I told you about the swimmer. He got very badly injured from windburn as the guy went by her. Guy's going so fast in the swimming pool that she got windburn, you know. So she was badly injured. The whole thing is crazy. And it really hurts women. It it's, doesn't, it's the opposite of dignity. It's horrible. And you did it here, and that's great. There's some states that just, I just didn't see a certain state went the opposite way. Can you believe it? Anyway, I know one thing. If I was a basketball coach, I'd be the greatest coach in history. I'd have a woman's team. I'd have all men. I'd have... I'm not a fan of LeBron James. I don't like LeBron. But I'd say, hey, LeBron, you ever think of becoming a woman? Because you're going to be on my team. We're going to, have... We're going to go undefeated for the next five years, LeBron. I'm not a fan, but, you know, I would ask him that question. And I will not give one penny to any school that has a vaccine mandate or a mask mandate from kindergarten through college. What happened? Out of control. You know, we have some great Republican 
Governors, you have one right here, but they didn't close up. They closed up their state for a short period of time, and many of them didn't close at all. They didn't close at all. In And they had a lot of pressure, but not from me. I allowed them to keep them open. But we have some Republican people. You look at South Carolina, how well they did. You can look at uh, South Dakota. You can look at various states that did from Tennessee, did fantastically well. You did fantastically well. They weren't mandated to do anything. They were, you know, use your own good common sense. That's called the federalist system. And uh, they did a fantastic job. Many of our young people are still dealing with the fallout of the prolonged school closures and the cancellations of the sports and activities, and they become antisocial. Lots of bad things happen. will be the administration that commits to get these kids back on track and quickly. Kids are going to go back to school and participating fully. And now they're really in the process of finally getting it done. But this must be our priority. has to be. And uh, I will tell you that I want to congratulate Iowa on recently becoming the second state of the nation to deliver universal school choice. That's so great. School choice is where it's at. That's great. That's great. Very important to you, isn't it? Very important. I know every time I'm with Kim, she really finds the education. You know, some people are for it and some people are less for it. Some people want to talk about trade and some people want to talk about other things, but always been very, very strong on education. I see what you've done here. It's incredible. As president, I'll fight to expand that right to every single state in America. And we were doing that, too. And I'll support the direct election of school principals by the parents. They should be elected by the parents. If any principal is not getting the job done, of which you have many, 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 especially in the inner cities, the parents should be able to vote to fire them and to select somebody who will, who will get the job done. In addition, I am going to pursue, and we studied it very closely, and I was getting ready to do it, pull the trigger, the long-term goal, but now it's a short-term goal of breaking up the Federal Department of Education and redistributing its functions to the states. Going to break it up soon. That'll be done quickly. I was ready to get it done. I was ready to get it done. Then we had a bad election. But this is what must be done to save our country from destruction, all of these things. And remember this one, having to do with education. Out of the top 40 countries, we're always at, like, the bottom of the list in terms of success per student. And yet, I believe it's about three times and even sometimes four times more then the second, third, and fourth country. So we spend three to four times more on educating a pupil, and yet we're at the bottom of the list. They're at the top of the list, and they spend much less money. So you know the system doesn't work. So breaking up the Department of Education is a very simple thing to do. Okay? And 2024 is the final battle. That's it. If you put me back in the White House, the reign of the corrupt Washington establishment will be over. I got to know them all. When I went there, I didn't know a lot of people. I had to rely on, in some cases, rhinos and others to give me some recommendations. 
But I know them all now. I know the good ones. <laughs> I know the bad ones. I know the weak ones. I know the strong ones. Trump's got we your know number. Them all. And America will be a free nation once again. And with your support and these caucuses, we will, and we're always keeping you there, we're going to complete our mission. We are going to see that job through. We did such a job. There was a report today we were as good as any president. There's never been an administration that's done more than we have done. We rebuilt our military. Largest tax cuts in history. Largest regulation cuts in history. Even on a medical right to try, people are dying and they couldn't use drugs that were perfectly good, perfectly good, but it take, takes two, three, four years to get them approved. By the FDA, sometimes it takes 13, 14 years. We cut that in half down to five. Cut it in more than half. And when people are terminally ill or very ill, I passed something, got it passed. They were trying to do it for 54 years. I got it passed in Congress, right to try, where you no longer have to go to Asia or Europe or wherever you may go to try and find a miracle cure. You can stay home and use, because we have the greatest doctors in the world, the greatest labs in the world. And if you're critically ill, if you're terminally ill, or even a little bit less than that, you don't have to do this. Many people were going to faraway lands, and they would die, but they'd go to faraway lands. Many people would go home. If they didn't have money, they couldn't go Thank to you, faraway Susan. lands. They'd go home and they'd die. God bless America. And they'd die. Now you sign a paper. And you have right to try, and you can use things that work, but they're not approved yet because you have to go through a process. And people said, sir, you can't do that because you'll maybe make the person very sick. I said, the person is terminally ill. The person has two weeks to live. And we've saved thousands and thousands of lives. That was another thing. Nobody ever thought we could get that approved. But we saved thousands of lives. People that are living right now with drugs that are advanced, with all of the things they can do now, the things you wouldn't even imagine possible. But we did so much. We rebuilt our military. Think of that. We had planes. We had fighter jets that the grandfather flew, and then the father, and then the, the son is flying it or was flying it. We have all new, all new beautiful stuff. The $85 billion that we gave away is too bad, but that's actually small compared to what we did. We rebuilt our entire, entire military, and it was, uh, it's been amazing. <laughs> giving a lot of it away, though. I tell you, we're giving a lot of it away. And we're going to finish what we started. The people of Iowa have always been there for me. They've always been, you've always been there for me. Somehow we had a, a great relationship right from the beginning, and I think I can honestly say that I have always been there with you, and I always will be there with you. <laughs> Together we will end the era of weaponized government forever. Please. We will end woke. Please, we God. will crush the deep state. We will save our economy. We will defend our farmers. We will evict Joe Biden from the White House. <laughs> Get out of there. And we will make America great again. Thank you. Thank you. President Trump is the best. A lot of 
people up there. So Elton John once told me, you know, when I do my last song and we knock it down, the place is going crazy, and then they start screaming, Encore! Encore! Come back! And he'll come back, he'll do another good one, drive him, then he comes back, and he hits a little bit of a dud. The people leave unhappy. It's very stupid to do a couple of questions, but let's give it a shot. Should we do that? Should we or not? Yes? Okay. Do we have a mic someplace? We'll take a few questions, ask whatever you want. But you know, it's, uh, you know the story, right? Encores are always dangerous. Especially for singers, you want to know the truth. Go ahead, who's got the mic? Uncle Sam, you do. Good, let's go. What do you have, Uncle Sam? Uncle I Sam. like that man. I like the way he's dressed. He's a good-looking Uncle Sam. Go ahead. Rusty Koala, we've been being go ahead. slow you have a mic? into impending yeah. doom go ahead. for you decades. You give it to anybody that has so, a question. Anybody has a question, go I'd ahead. It's a very Ma'am, different please. scenario now. Go ahead. As a member of Moms for Liberty, yes. uh, parental rights and education are top priorities. Yes. Seems like schools have become indoctrination camps where they're focused on sexualizing yes. our children. Yep. And it's just not right. How do we get back to the basics in the classroom? Teaching, you know, reading, writing. And arithmetic. Uh, history, right. <laughs> That's right. And civics. Thank well, you, Mr. President. You know, everything I said tonight, they could say, he's conservative, he's got a wonderful conservative voice. Actually, it's a voice of common sense. And with education, almost in many ways easier than other things, we have to get back to common sense. And that is reading, writing, or arithmetic. What they're teaching in schools today is insane. And most people understand it. Even the people that want it, they understand it. So we're going to do something. And a lot has to do with your governors and your people that are leading your states. And, you know, they're going to be given free reign to do what they want to do. You happen to have a great governor that's very much into it. And she's taken this state so far. And we'll have other governors doing the same thing. And it's a really great question. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, please, go ahead. Go ahead. I can't hear it. Hopefully he repeats it. Trey Gowdy's very good. I think he's very good. Uh, We have... We have, uh, we're gonna have a lot of great choices for Vice President. We're gonna pick a great one, but we're gonna have a lot of great choices. You know, this whole process is interesting. There are those that say they're all campaigning right now to be Vice President. We've heard that a little bit, right? But I will tell you, we'll pick a great one. Thank you very much. Interesting. Okay, question over here. Go ahead, please. Yeah. Mr. President, our farmers are under attack from increased fuel and fertilizers prices. At the same time, we're demonized by Washington and climate life leftists. How do we protect our farmers from the activist EPA and reduce the costs for our Iowa farmers? So you were totally protected two and a half years ago. Hard to believe it's two and a half. We have a year and a half to go. It seems so short now when you had to think in terms of much longer. But you were totally protected like never before. I think you would say like never before. We will bring that back so fast your head will spin. A big thing is to get the fuel price down. Once that fuel price comes down, a lot of other things are going to happen, including the fertilizer, which I hear is a disaster for farmers right now. So we're going to take care of all of it, and it will happen very, very fast, very, very quickly. Okay? Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Okay. Mr. Mr. President, 
Go ahead, over here, somebody. Mr. President, yes. I'm full of gratitude for everything you have done for us and are doing for us, uh, for we the people. I'd just like to ask, thank you, thank you, sir. And what So far, I love this question. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready for the kill. So go ahead. What can you do to bring back manufacturing jobs? Well, I was doing that, and one of the things we were doing is making it very difficult to have auto plants in Michigan and all leave our country. We had almost nobody leaving during my administration. And one of the things you do is you have to tax some of these products that come back into this country because you have to make it competitive. I saved the dishwashing industry. I saved the washer-dryer, the many industries, because they were dumping product. It wasn't as good, but it was pretty good. And they were dumping product into the United States. I saved so many different uh, manufacturers. If you look at Whirlpool in Ohio, they, they had such a problem. Uh, Korea, South Korea was dumping, and China, thousands and thousands, millions of units in at, at a price that is just, it, it, they, wouldn't, they weren't going to work. And I ended that. I put a 50% tariff on, and I was with them that... Part of Ohio is thriving today. It's thriving, and those companies are doing great. So we have to look at individuals, but we will uh, be able to handle that situation very easy. Don't forget, we have a thing, we have a power called the economy. We have a very powerful engine, and the problem is we have people that really don't know how to use it. They don't know how to use it to our collective advantage, but I know how to use it. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, question over here. Thank you, President Trump. Under Biden, the installed president, we are seeing mobs of illegals coming across our border. Just this last week, we saw a violent mob try to force their way across the border near El Paso. What can we do to finally secure our southern border and finish the wall? It'll be secured on day one, and then we have to make a decision. What do we do with the 15 million people that have invaded our country, okay? And we'll do the right thing, that I tell you. We will start by getting the bad ones out. And the sheriffs and law enforcement, who we love, the sheriffs know every one of them that shouldn't be here. You know every one of them that shouldn't be here. Oh, thank you, Liberty Hawk. And we'll take care of, we'll take care of business. Go ahead. Thank you. Appreciate all you do, RP. God bless Mr. America, President, Trump, and all ultra-maga patriots. Came after you and your family like crazy. But not one of them seems interested in investigating the Biden crime family or Hunter's laptop. They also censored anyone who asked questions in 2020. How do we get to the bottom of this? So the mainstream media had a very high approval rating when I announced I was running for president. (laughs) And just today I read where it reached an all-time low because people are wise to what's been happening what they have done, they really are a political arm of the Democrat Party. It's, it's a terrible thing. You saw, you saw last couple of weeks where the FBI and Twitter, it's called Twitter Files, where they work together. And they work together with Facebook. You couldn't say anything good about Trump. And you couldn't say anything bad about Biden. They had the laptop. They knew all about the laptop. They knew all these crimes are on the laptop. And they weren't allowed to do anything. They weren't allowed to talk. And frankly, they have that liberal inclination anyway. But they, even if they wanted to, they couldn't do it. I think we're making a lot of progress. I think that the 
that Congress is doing a very good job. Now, we have some people. Nancy Pelosi is packing. She's going. Getting her out is a big, that's a big step. <laughs> Go home, And I Pelosi. think, Kevin, and all of the people in Congress, I tell you what, you know, that whole, people thought it was a fiasco. I think it was a beautiful thing, as it turned out. That five or six nights of voting and voting and voting and voting, I actually think that was like a cleansing action. It was a great thing that happened. And there's great unity in Congress. We do have to do something about Mitch McConnell. He's he's a disaster. Yes, he is. He's a disaster. He, he gets his ten guys and they give Biden whatever they want. There's something going on that doesn't make sense. They give him whatever they want. He gets his ten, twelve guys and they vote in order to give the passage, because you need the 60 votes usually, and they vote and they give him what he wants. I just cannot understand. Nobody can understand it. we got to get him the hell out. He's a problem. Big problem. In the meantime, I hope he's feeling well, but he's a big problem. Okay, go ahead. We'll take one or two more. Go ahead. Hello, Miss, Hello, Mr. President. got to be a good one. You know, if it's a good one, I'm out of here, right? If it's a bad one, I'll... I've got to take a couple of more to get over the stench of the bad one. I just want to say it's an honor to hear you speak. Thank you. Ball. But my question for you is, what can you do to combat transgender athletes taking over women's sports? Well, you've done it here because your governor's passed legislation. You can't. No, it's crazy. It's it's like how does uh, people are seriously in favor of having it done. And I don't understand it. And I tell the story of that champion swimmer. And she's there and she's looking up and down the line. She sees friends that she's been swimming with. She's a champion. And then she sees this person next to her. And he's a monster. He looks like Wilt Chamberlain, but a little bit different. She sees the guy has a wingspan. She's like looking up and down. Then she looks up. Wow. And, uh, you know, he broke all these records. And it's just a, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You would almost say, and I said it once before tonight, but you would almost say it's people that want to hurt our country. Because it doesn't make sense. Yep. And that one's a very easy one to figure. Anyway, you've got it done in Iowa. A lot of other states are doing it. Some states are going the opposite direction, which is shocking. It's shocking. But we'll get it done throughout the country. It's going to happen. It's happening. It's just common sense. It's a great question, too. Okay. Yes, please. Go ahead. See you. Mr. President, my grocery bills are going up every week. As someone on a fixed income, that really hurts, and it feels like Joe Biden doesn't even care about us in so-called flyover country. How are we going to fix these prices under control? You said groceries, right? Yes. The groceries are horrible. I mean, you look at eggs and you look at bacon and you look at just what we used to consider staples, and you see the kind of Well, thank you. I'm just a patriot. A lot of it's going to have to do with energy. Once the energy comes down, a lot of other things are going to follow. Energy is so big. It's so powerful. It's so impactful. That once the energy comes down, you're going to see a lot of good things happen. And we have more energy than any other country in the world, more than Saudi Arabia, more than Russia. I call it liquid gold, and it's right under our feet. Yes, yes. I mean, when you look at the craziness, we're allowed to go to Venezuela to take their energy, and it's horrible. It's tar. It's bad. It pollutes. You know where they uh, refine it? In Houston. So they talk about the environment, but they bring it from Venezuela to Houston because that's the only place that has the refineries for this kind of very bad potential oil. And they refine it in Houston. So if you're a big believer in that, all that stuff is going up in our country. And it's just incredible. We have the greatest 
energy in the world. You know, I approved something. I was very proud of it. Anwar, Alaska. And Anwar is the biggest, probably, probably the biggest site anywhere in the world. And probably bigger than Saudi Arabia. Just that one in Alaska. And Reagan tried to do it. He couldn't get it done. Bush tried to do it. He couldn't get it done, of course. And other people couldn't get it done. Nobody could get it done. I got it done. And the first day in office, they terminated Anwar. And uh, this would have been incredible to have for our country. I mean, literally, we were going to become energy dominant. We would have made, because it's a big, big industry. We would have made so much money that we would have started paying off debt, lowering taxes still further. We would have done something that nobody's ever seen before because we have so much. You know, I filled up the strategic national reserves. I knew not much about it. I said, what are the reserves that we want to fill up and that's been taken for years and years down to a low level? And I made a great deal. I got very little credit for it. But when our when our oil price hit like these crazy low numbers, that's when I asked the question because we had so much. I said, what about filling in the, the caverns? These are these massive in, in Louisiana and various other salt, like the salt mines, the big massive salt mines. And I bought 75 million barrels for peanuts and filled it very close up to the top. We were going to be topping it out. And then Biden, just before the election, in order to keep prices a little low, he released all of that. And now we've set a record low. They've taken all of it and then some. And we have the lowest that they've ever seen it right now. It's the lowest that they've ever seen, meaning the reserves themselves. We had it. Filled up almost to the top, would have been topped out at really low prices. And by the way, now they have to pay three to four times more than what I was paying. And the Democrats fought me all the way. They got us stopped, actually, for a while. They fought me all the way at a price that was 25 percent of what they have to pay right now. So it's, uh, it's a crazy thing. And a lot of times we'll say common sense, but the other side either doesn't have common sense, or they really hate us. And let's take one more. I'm looking at that big, powerful guy there. I don't know. Who's a better-looking guy? Let me, <laughs> let me see. I don't know. He looks good. They look, they look good. You, you, look, you look fantastic, and we love you. Ah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're the greatest executive I've ever observed in my lifetime, and I think you've made it possible for governors, including Kim Reynolds, whom I love and respect for many years, to become the really high-level executives by your example. Now, you have passed legislation, or got legislation passed for, like, the wall. It got paid for. It was passed. You signed it. And then there was the uh, XL Keystone Pipeline. All of these things have to do with interstate commerce. Right. There are Section 1, or, or Article 1, Section 8 in the Constitution. Biden had no authority in law to reverse those things. And what would you do to see to that never happens again under your watch through your actions and with the legislation? Well, the keystone, great. I love your question. I like your statement even more than your question, to be honest with you. This could be the last question of the night because I love it. Appreciate it. Appreciate the job you do also. Do you know each other, Sheriff? Do you know each other? Do you know who that is, that man? Huh? Huh? I know Bobby. Yeah, I love this guy. I love them both. Ready? So I think what, hap- what has to happen, uh, and it's very simple, 
The Keystone Pipeline was a tragic mistake that they made. That was so much coming from other parts, and it was going right into the source. Everything would have been — it would have been so great. And by the way, environmentally much safer. The wall, I built hundreds of miles of wall, but I ended up Big, beautiful getting — uh, I want to use a nice word because we have such young people here. But the word that would normally be used would be screwed. But I wouldn't use that word because I don't want to get in trouble with the parents of these two beautiful young boys. No, what they did is they took advantage of the American public. And we built hundreds of miles, but there was other areas that we could have built. I ended up having to take it out of the military because I considered it an invasion and the Army Corps of Engineers did a fantastic job. We built hundreds of miles of it. But I didn't get it the old-fashioned way, like getting it approved, because the Democrats fought us every inch. We had 11 lawsuits. It took us two and a half years. We won all of them. But we had 11 lawsuits to win. They, fight, they tried to fight the wall. But the bottom line is, it, it sort of shows, that's a good example. If you want to get something done, if you love our country, and you really want, if it's so important, you're going to get it done. You're going to find a way to get it done. This was sort of ingenious. We passed this big military budget, but we couldn't get a wall built for a tiny fraction of that. And I said, this is an invasion of our country. And it is, by the way. This is an invasion of our country, what's coming across our border. It's no different than soldiers. And they're bringing a lot of different problems than soldiers would bring. They're not bringing merely bullets, and they're bringing plenty of them. But they're causing tremendous problem for our country. And it's a problem that we may have a very, very long, unless we do something quickly and we have to do it smart and we have to work with law enforcement to do it properly. Not going to be easy. But they're hurting our country. They're killing the blood, the life stream of our country. And we're going to do something about it. But why they killed the Keystone, I have no idea. And the union representing all of those thousands of workers, 48,000 workers, they endorsed, the union endorsed Biden. But all the workers are for Trump, okay? But the head guy endorsed Biden. And what did Biden do? Probably the second or third day in office, he terminated the Keystone Pipeline. So, you know, so the people in that union... Uh, are not too happy. They're not too happy. But look, bottom line is we have to use common sense and we have to do a little bit like Kim or a lot like Kim and some other governors. You know, Kim, you would be the first to admit we have some great governors, Republican governors, perhaps some Democrats too, but they don't seem to have our policies at all. You look at any Democrat run state and it's just not the same. It doesn't work. You look at these cities, our great cities are New York City is a crime den. Chicago is a crime den. You look at these great cities, Los Angeles, San Francisco, you look at what's happening to our country. We cannot let it happen any longer. And one of the other things I'll do, because, you know, you're supposed to not be involved in that. You just have to be asked by the governor or the mayor to come in. The next time, I'm not waiting. One of the things I did was let them run it. And we're going to show how bad a job they do. Well, we did that. We don't have to wait any longer. We've got to get crime out of our cities. Thank you very much for a good question. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Kim, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank you President Trump. 
Uh, beautiful, beautiful speech, as always. I need to say, I don't think JFK Jr. is alive, unfortunately, guys. Serendipitous Soul says, appreciating you, Zach. Thank you for all you do to keep us informed. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate that. Uh, also had a couple of other ones I said during the broadcast. I'm just a patriot said, thank you, Zach. Much love for what you do. I appreciate that as well. Thank you for being here. Liberty Hawk, appreciate all you do, RP. Yes, God bless America, Trump, and all ultra MAGA patriots. And then also to Susan Boosin, who said, I believe, God bless America. God bless America. God bless Donald Trump. God bless our truth and freedom movement. We have a lot of work to do, but it is not an insurmountable task, no matter what it sometimes feels like. As long as you can wake up every morning fighting, knowing that you are working to heal this divided nation, knowing that you are working to save freedom and liberty, uh, then I, I think that we will be successful. Tonight, you guys, at 10.30 on Badlands Media, John and I are going to be discussing the Las Vegas Mandalay Bay shooting on baseless conspiracies. Of course, there's plenty of conspiracies to go around about that. And there is also precious little information that you can find online that you previously could. I have put together as much information about the timeline and the evidence that came up initially, the stories that changed by the FBI, uh, the evidence in Stephen Paddock's room, uh, evidence about his family. It's going to be a comprehensive deep dive into the circumstances of that shooting from, what was that, October 2017. Absolutely insane. Uh, you know, the only thing that I cannot find information about is the Saudi stuff from the top of the hotel, uh, because that was, you know, something that I covered you know, a ton at that time. Um, but I can't find anything about it now. So everything I'm going to be telling you about that is going to be based on memory. But either way, I really appreciate you guys being here. Thank you so much for the donations. Um, also over here on my uh, favorite platform, Pilled.net, need to say thank you to 123SKG, who just dropped a cookie, M3 Meek Elite M3 says, could use your open-minded support, Pilled. Check out Flat Earth Facts at Witsit. Gets it. Interview, please. Okay, I'll definitely check it out. I've had um David, oh gosh, what's his name? He's the Flat Earth guy. I've had him on the show before. And you know, you know, the thing I don't like about Flat Earth is because it's so divisive. If you believe in Flat Earth, then people are like, you're a moron. If you don't believe in Flat Earth, the other people are like, you're a moron. I just wish that we could start talking about these things and try to parse through what's true, what's disinformation, and what's going on. But, you know, uh, that's always been my goal since the very beginning. Liberty Bells says, thank you, Red Pill 78 Love you. Rise Attire, I love you, bro. He says, I love you, brother. 07. Uh, Porpoiseful said, nothing can stop what is coming. Muffin and Lisa and I were just mentioning that earlier today in bed. H2O Maven says, stating the obvious for the normies and a history lesson. M3 Meek again says, does flat earth scare the masses? If so, why? Santa wasn't real either. Check out Witsit gets it. I will do that. Navigator 79 thank you for the phone. Uh, let's see. Tamar Growl, miracles incoming. M3 Elite Meek again, one more time. It doesn't make sense. It's shocking. It's just common sense. The truth shall set you free. I only think that uh, I will know the truth about the nature of the Earth when I get a chance to go up in space. And that's probably not going to be anytime soon. Uh, D-Patriot1776 says, thank you for airing this, Zach. Much love to you and Lisa. Much love to you and everybody else that is here as well. I just want you guys to know how much I appreciate you, how much I appreciate the support. Uh, you know, I know that things are very difficult financially for every single one of us. 
So many people in the last year have had to cancel their memberships or reduce the amount that they're supporting the show, and I uh, absolutely understand exactly why. So uh, every day I just continue to pray that God will provide and allow for me to continue the mission, allow me to continue the show, and allow me to keep reaching people more than anything else. Uh, Hunt, Eat, Kill, 17, I like that name, says, thank you, Red Pill 78 And I think that's it. Let me just check over on Cash App. Um, uh, Jerry, I thanked you uh, the other day, Jerry. All right, you guys. Okay, thank you so much. I am John Pollan. Thank you, Angie Christ. I have been trying to remember his name all night. I am John Cullen. Oh, great. Yes, I'm sure that he's done on YouTube. But I was looking on uh, BitChute, and, you know, Jake Morphonius, he did like 120 reports on the Vegas shooting. And he's taken... 95% of them offline. I think that he got scared by some lawyers or something like that, or maybe prosecutors, and the FBI came after him. Um, but yes, I am John Cullen. We used to talk on Twitter back in the day. Before I was even making videos, I was going back and forth with him and sending him stuff. Oh, man. this. Let me tell you guys, the, the Vegas shooting story, I mean, this was huge for me personally. Like, it was one of those big subjects that I was deeply involved in and researching on a daily basis at the moment it was happening because it was just so obvious, so obvious that something was going on and that it wasn't what the government and the FBI were trying to tell us. Angie, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that you have given me exactly the information that I wanted to know. You know what? Before we go, let me go ahead and play that video of Freya's dog. And you know what? Hold on. How is this going to work? I got to I got to pull it up over here in this browser. And, uh, and we'll see. Do, do, do. There we go. Okay, this is Freya and the boys right here. Nancy Pelosi! Nancy Pelosi! Nancy Pelosi! Freya! Nancy Pelosi! Oh my god! Nancy Pelosi! Freya! Nancy Pelosi! Nancy Pelosi, Freya. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi, Freya. Freya. Nancy Pelosi. Get her. That's so funny. All right. Thanks again, everybody. I appreciate you. Good dog, Freya and the boys. Much love to you all. I'm going to pass out the gold pills, and then I'm going to go get ready for the show at 1030, Baseless Conspiracies. I hope you guys enjoy it. I know that I will, and hopefully we're going to school John on this particular conspiracy. So good night, everyone. Good luck, and God bless.
Don't forget to hit that like button on your way out. We've still got 2,900 people here and only 832 likes. If you're watching this, a red pill stream on Rumble, I just need for you to hit that like button. It's totally free, and it lets the world know that this is a show worth watching. See you guys tonight. comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass 
glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.